What's up, Internet? You're tuned in to episode 46 of the Video Game Pals, the Pals Network's weekly video game podcast where a group of lifelong gamers get together to talk about video games, the news, and how it all makes us feel. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined today by the Twitch stream trader, Mr. Robert Thompson. Hey, shout out to Woo. Matt Porter. You're my best friend now, I guess. <laughs> Yo, so. fuck Matt Porter. That hey. guy's a jerk. <laughs> I don't care if I'm violating the Twitch guidelines. <laughs> oh, yeah. What were you, um, uh, Pete, violator of guidelines and Bessie now? That's yeah. me. That's me. The Guildmaster himself, Mr. Sean Bartley. Hello, hello. The Esports Dynamo, Miss Peggy Ford. Hey, it me. And riding out the crew this morning is our pal Ed from the Party Nerds. What up, y'all? Hey. I had to be here. Nintendo's my life now. Screw Sony. I'm not a Sony fanboy anymore. <laughs> oh. Nintendo 2018. Oh, we're starting <laughs> off on a bad foot already. <laughs> Listen, I had to, if I have to fanboy over one thing, I have to drop another. So it, it's bound to happen. It's bound. Well, it was All nice right. to see you. I guess you're going to have to disconnect now. <laughs> yep, Bye. I'll, I'll see you next time. No, right, no, no, no. Uh... I'm, I'm happy to have Ed here on the show to talk about all the awesome Nintendo Switch news we have. Mm-hmm. It's great to welcome you back to the thank show. Thank you, thank Ed. you, guys. Um, so, yeah, uh, for, for those who missed your, your last appearance on the show, real quick, why don't you just uh, let everybody know as he adjusts his party yeah. nerds hat. Uh, <laughs> show off. Where, what the party nerds is all about, where they can find you guys oh, yeah. online. So, and, um, we're pretty much stuff. a group of lifetime nerds into everything from comic books to Star Wars to gaming to everything else. Um, we have a podcast ourselves, uh, every Tuesday, 645 on Wildfire Radio, which is our host station and on iTunes. Um, Instagram is big as well. Twitch is starting to get traction. So we're still working on that as well. But, um, every week we just pretty much get a new topic and just roll with it. It's a lot of fun though. There's a big crowd of us. Um, you've been involved in one of our shows before as well. So you can kind of see how hectic it can get. Yeah, yeah. When we did uh, your E3 special last year, I think we had something like nine or ten yeah. people on that episode. <laughs> it was, we were like, yeah. we were all drinking beers and just like going going buck wild. Yeah, exactly. so like it was, <laughs> yeah when we advertise it party, ex- it is a party. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, it was it was definitely something else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'll, I'll be uh, making my return on this year's E3 special. Oh yeah, as well. yep, we'll so, have you on the yeah, E3 special there to too. Yeah. So, uh, but we're not here to talk about E3. We're here to talk about, you know, this weekend news, which was pretty awesome. But uh, before we get into that, we're going to uh, start the show the way we sometimes do, by talking about what we're playing this week, because um, I had a few things to share. Uh, so for starters, um, I jumped into a little bit of Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle, which uh, I missed oh. out on last year. Yeah, and it's actually really good. Uh, it's way better than it has any right to be, and... <laughs> I'm not exactly surprised by that, considering there was a lot of positive buzz around the game. And um, the reason I'm actually playing it is because um, uh, a friend of the show, Mike McMahon, uh, it was like a huge, huge fan of it and was like, you have to play it. Just take my copy and please like just give it a shot. And um, I've been playing it the last like three nights and three worlds in. Thompson and I did a stream of it on my Twitch channel last night and uh, I'm having a good time with it. It's uh, It's definitely a really fun game. Yeah, the 10 minutes that I like actually played it was just it felt so much like XCOM. I'm so happy about it, you know. Nice. It's yeah. it's right up there. Like it it just feels like it, you know. They nailed it. So Yeah. Yeah. And it's like very approachable. Like it's it's um it, it I wouldn't say it's like shallow by any means, but like it's easy to understand. You know, like it's it's easy to pick up and immediately kind of get a sense of how you move around the map and how your abilities work and they don't throw a ton of like really complex jargon at you. The cover system is very simple. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I don't, I, I think it's like a really good kind of um, 
first step into this world of games, if you want to try out like tactical um, RPGs like this, which is a, a kind of game I really love, you know, and, and I don't think it's necessarily as intimidating as uh, as an XCOM or or even like something like Fire Emblem to an extent, you know, like Fire Emblem isn't necessarily hard, but it is a game that I think like there are certain um, like things about it that are a little bit more complex, right? Like having to understand like the weapons triangle and stuff like that. And um from what I've encountered in this game, it, it, it's all a little bit more straightforward. That's what I like about it, because I started playing XCOM Enemy Unknown this past week as well. Um, Ooh, and you can nice. kind of see the complicatedness of it, like when compared to Mario versus Rabbids um, Kingdom Battle. So what, that's what I started playing the game a little more. And I realized, man, even in like the first battle, it's literally kicking your ass in uh, oh. XCOM Enemy <laughs> Unknown. So and I, oh, as soon as yeah. I got to like some of the later stages with the permadeath and I started losing all my good soldiers, I was like, I'm done. So one of the games I wanted to get into was Mario Rabbids because it seems like an easier system to get into. So that's what I want to try to do, especially soon, based on what you're saying. Right. And it's like there's no permadeath, obviously, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's like the game overall is just a lot more forgiving, but it's definitely not. um, It's also not like super easy. Right. You know, like there's definitely been like when we were playing the game last night, there was a couple times where I had to restart a stage just because I made a mistake in the way I plotted my team, you know, Um and it's definitely getting more challenging as I'm getting through it. I played it for another couple hours last night uh, after we streamed it. And um, I think I just got to the end of World 3. I think I'm at like 3-9. Uh, excuse me. And um, it's it's definitely starting to get more and more challenging, which uh, is great, you know? So, like, I don't know that I necessarily see myself uh, making it all the way through it just because, like, you know, 2018 is really starting to ramp up and there's like a lot of games to play mm. and there's a few other games from 2017 I'd like to take a stab at before, um, you know, they're like Pray. in the rearview mirror. Yeah. <laughs> Would you say, Thompson? Pray. <laughs> yeah, Prey is absolutely at the top of that list. Um, and I, I you know, I, I want to finish up uh, the uh, Horizon DLC as well. So, but that being said, I've, I've been having so much fun with it. I keep finding myself drawn back to it. So, um Definitely worth checking out if you missed out on it last year, or uh, or you maybe you're a new Switch owner or whatever. Um, definitely check it out. So yeah, and if you're on the fence about it, pick it up. Definitely think about it. I, I think if you yeah. were into XCOM but found it a little bit too challenging, this will probably be perfect for you. Nice. This is the game for you. Very nice. All right, sold. Also, I hate the fucking rabbits, so I like being able to fucking kill them. <laughs> <laughs> Makes yeah. sense. Makes perfect sense. Rab- the sound effects in this game are all so good. Like, uh, it, it has, like, a very, like, Looney Tunes kind of, like, you know, bop, zing, wow, like, kind of, you know, onomatopoeia vibe to it. It's very fun. Nice. Uh, and then the other thing I played that I wanted to just touch on briefly, uh, because we'll get into a little bit more in the news, is um, I finished the last episode of um, Life is Strange Before the Storm. They did the bonus uh, farewell episode, which was a prequel to the prequel. <laughs> and um, I... By the end of it, I cried like a small child. I, uh, I like, there's not much I can say about it without spoiling um, the storyline that hasn't already been revealed. So if you're a fan of Life is Strange, you already know where it is in the timeline and all that stuff. Um, but I, I did just want to touch on it because I thought it was uh, another really exceptional job done by Deck Nine. And um, not being the original developers behind Life is Strange, I am have been consistently impressed by how well they've handled the IP and these characters. And um, 
you know, given the fact that uh, this is probably the last time we're going to see Max and Chloe together, I'm really glad that I got this kind of um, this like good final send off for these characters. You know, so if you haven't picked up um, Before the Storm yet and you're a fan of the original Life is Strange, you've been waiting for it to wrap. Now's the perfect time to go grab it. Um, I really can't speak highly enough of it, so please go check it out. If you haven't played the original Life is Strange, we've got a key. So send us an email, and uh, we will we'll give it to you. You want a free game, so hit us up. Ed, you ever played that game? I have not played a lot of like the sort of like the storytelling kind of games myself. Uh, most of my experience has been more like a lot of the Telltale games, like Walking Dead and Telltale Guardians. Mm-hmm. So. Life is Strange is one of those that I definitely did miss out on. Um, but one of my old co-hosts from a show that I did in the past, um, he was like very caught up in the emotions, especially with the original. Um, just oh, with yeah, the dude. stories of Max and Chloe and just how like gut-wrenching it got, especially towards the end. So that's what he loved about it. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, uh, I'm i a huge fan of those games. They left a really, really big impression on me. Well, if you want to play it, send us an email. We'll give you a free we got, we're, we're sitting on one. I will throw it's myself so, into the uh, contest. I don't know if I'm allowed to, yeah, but I'll do, do it. it anyway. Yeah, all we ask is that you write us a short email explaining why you deserve it more than Thompson. That's, yeah. that's been the staple so far. Um, I have like two copies of this game already for the PS4 and the PC, but I still will like default get all these copies if someone doesn't write in why they deserve it more than me. So, you know, simply enough, you could state that I have two copies. That's your answer right there. But that's a perfect reason. You just got to do it. That's the thing. Yeah. I don't even own one copy. Please give it to me. Perfect. <laughs> Legit. The email writes itself, everybody. Yeah, I won't snipe it so, this time either, so... You gave it to me anyway because you're so nice. Yeah, well, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, if you want to get that free copy of Life is Strange or you want to let us know what you're playing this week, you can write into the show and hear your thoughts right on the air uh, by giving us a uh, a line over at thevideogamepals at gmail.com. You can also follow our sister show at The Comics Pals wherever your social media is sold to stay up to date with all the cool stuff we've got going on here at The Pals Network. Um, and, and then if you're an audio listener, as always, we'd ask that uh, you go over to your platform of choice and give us a like. Uh, but if you really want to help the show out, you can head over to Apple Podcasts and uh, give us a rating. Really helps the show get recognized and uh, get new listeners, new eyes and ears on the show. So, uh, but, you know, also if you're a YouTube listener, as um, we've been seeing a lot more traction over there now that we've started kind of chopping the show up. Um, you know, the way you can help us out is by liking the video, uh, sharing it with your friend. And as always, subscribing to the channel if you haven't already. And, uh, you know, get your pals involved. Get them uh, get them to come click that subscribe button. Help us hit that next milestone. So uh, with that, I had a, uh, a, little, a little rotating segment for you guys. So um, I think that means that it's, uh, it's time for a segment that uh, we call The Random Question of the Week! Rip headphone users. <laughs> Ooh. You, you look like, you look you like an old grandma waving your finger at somebody. I wasn't sure who you, who you were chastising. <laughs> You got so loud, your your webcam like defocused for a second yeah. there from the sound waves. <laughs> oh man! Well, see, that's what a compressor's for. Yeah, so yeah. nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, I think we might need to get a soundbite on that because the finger wag. I don't think it transitions quite as well to the to the video. You know. Yeah, this is true. Eventually. You're going higher than sixty frames, baby. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But anyway, uh, so since I played uh, Life is Strange Farewell this week, I have prequels on the brain. So I wanted to ask you all, what game series would you like to see a prequel installment in? Ooh. Oh, boy. And it could be, like, anywhere, right? Like, if you want to go real far back on a timeline, you know, um, like something like Knights of the Old Republic did, uh, that's totally cool. Um, You know, it doesn't have to be, like, a direct prequel to one character's story. Right. 
trying to think. Ooh. Ooh, that's a. All right. So since it doesn't seem like any of you guys have an immediate answer, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll, I'll jump off with mine. I, I know I, we usually let the question person go. You got one already, Thompson? I got two. I just don't know which one I, I want more. <laughs> well, just do both. Go, go ahead. They're both uh, equal yeah. now. I would love to see a prequel to StarCraft, like the first StarCraft, Ooh. just because like they referenced so much shit beforehand. Yeah. Um, yeah. in the lore and like I I don't know I'd like to see it be centered around like the earth and shit because like I, that'd be neat I don't know the humans in Starcraft are just like offshoots from uh, colony ships from earth basically they were just you know there so they, they referenced that the earth exists in, in the first expansion but I'd like to go back you know see that um, yeah. that'd be cool and then uh, simply enough Blizzard's really good at making lore so I feel oh, like yeah, yeah. that's the thing you could probably do that with any other franchises yeah. you know well I mean specifically that's the one I want because um, I, f- I feel like for a fan of all the games like i have warcraft is fleshed out i feel like you know i've played w- one two three you know all the rts's for that stuff so it's just starcraft would be nice um and then uh the last of us my favorite game ever you know like uh, please the fall of man like the part where like shit starts getting real in that game right because you start up that game like 10 15 something years later uh you know it's just like that would be great you know i'd love to see that um totally it's kind of like what Half-Life Opposing Forces did back in the day. It's like you play as the protagonist of a story where the world's, world's falling apart and then Opposing Forces is like, whoa, well, let's play the military real quick and see how you, you know, the right at the beginning of the apocalypse. But I'd love to see that shit. So either one, yeah, pick and choose. I don't know. Good picks. Nice. I think for, for me, it would probably be... I think it's going to be Overwatch because I, I knew you were going to say that. that. It's <laughs> pretty legit, though. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. like... <laughs> We don't really know a lot about a lot of the a lot of the characters. Um, Zenyatta, Lucio, uh, those are the ones that were like they're here, but what 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 do they do? Like where were they before this? And like we get hints, but we don't actually get hard evidence of where any of them have been. We don't know how the uh, how the Reyes uh, Morrison rift really started and or came to a head. We don't know how exactly Overwatch went uh, went away and, and that sort of thing. Like, we've seen them a little bit. We haven't seen it all happen. And I would love to be able to get a chance to see it happen. Um, specifically, the Widowmaker's storyline and how that entire thing came to be to play as yeah. Widowmaker as that is happening, when she's going from Amelia to, to the Talon Sniper, would be so much fun. That would be really like, cool. Like, it would just be from, like... The start of the wedding or whatever with with uh, the guy that he ki- that she killed, also known as her husband, uh, and then um, okay. oh Gerard, thank you, no one, thank you, no one, but Gerard, thank you, no one, right? Like no Just one said yourself. that. Yeah, thanks to me. But uh, yeah, Gerard, um, from that like wedding to her being kidnapped to her training in Talon to, uh, it would probably go up to around when she killed quote unquote Anna. And then maybe we switch over to Honest Story from there to really, like, keep it going. But, like, I would love to see more canon Overwatch lore that actually, like, we don't know what happened in the stories. And I would just love to be able to see them. Yeah, you know what I think would be really cool? And, like, I was thinking about this the other day. Uh, I would love if they would do the opposite of what most games do and, like, put out a single-player thing, like, now. Like, now that it's established, like... Mm. Even if it was, like, little episodic chunks of, like, we don't have to have, like, a whole first, like, person campaign. Yeah. But, like, hey, like, you know, for this event, we're going to put out this little, you know, I mean, like, they did vignette. do that. They did it for the... Uh, oh, really? Yeah, there was, like, an Omnic takeover where, essentially, you're playing as... Oh, right. As, yeah. uh, uh, it was Mercy, Reinhardt, Torb, and Bast? 
Jim? And it was like a it was like a fight from the the war, right? Tracer. It was Tracer. And yes, it was a fight from the war. It was on uh uh, uh King's Row. Yeah, so I feel like doing more stuff like that would be a great way to to do what you're talking about. Yeah. Like, you know, like just show like moments, you know? Agreed. And like have have like the, you know, really high quality cutscenes that they develop, like actually yeah. <laughs> in a part of the game for once. <laughs> those those things are beautiful, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Bl- man, Blizzard knows how to fucking Blizzard. They know man. how to make a hype trailer, bro. Like <laughs> they know how to CG it up like hard, which is great. Yep. Yeah. Although, and like just inject feels for days. <laughs> although fun fact, you can kind of see them uh, uh, recycle old animations. For example, uh, Hanzo's ultimate in the dragon mm-hmm. short. It's the same one that he shows in the uh, Heroes of the Storm uh, announcement. Yeah, really? I noticed that. Yeah, that's yeah. funny. It's the huh. same same exact one, frame for frame. You can see him pulling the the ult, the basically the same way. The only difference is Heroes jumps in. I want to say two seconds uh, later. Than the one mm. in the dragon's logo, so it like it's it's that sort of thing. It's also like I see you doing that, but it's so pretty, it hey, does not matter. Animation's expensive, yeah. guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone knows that Blizzard favors Overwatch over Hots. Hots is the the redheaded stepchild of Blizzard games. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> it's a shame. It's not it even the Lost Vikings that's the redheaded stepchild. You know, no. <laughs> Uh, so for me, I'm going to go with a prequel to the prequel. I want to see a prequel to Star Wars The Old Republic. Uh, in particular, I want to see a game that synthesizes the stories from Old Republic 1 and 2 into mm. one cohesive narrative. Because there's a oh, lot okay. from the past of both of those games that you don't get to see that I would love to see. Uh, I want to see Kreia's story fleshed out, and I want to know more about what her life was like, uh, the betrayal that she deals with, all that stuff. I want to see that, but I also want to see Revan and Malik and how they turn to the dark side and all that stuff that we didn't get to see. I want to see the Mandalorian War, and I feel like one epic game that encompasses all of that would be really cool. That would be really Mm. cool. I want that. Um, sadly, some of the little bit of those things are in the old Republic MMO. Like they, they do try to bridge the gap by like going back and saying what happened. Mm. Um, but I think a game focused on that would be a lot better because the MMO is all over the place. So, right. Yeah. And I also would <laughs> like it to be, you know, in the style of, Oh yeah. You know, yeah. like the old schools. I know what you mean, mm-hmm. man. Definitely. Yeah. Like a true Knights of the old Republic. Right. Return. Right. Yeah. That would be awesome. I, I like when you just said the idea of like a prequel to Kotor too. I was just like, man, how cool would it be if there was like a game that explored like really, really old Jedi? You know, like before, like you know, like I don't know, like the earliest like council and stuff like that. Like that's a, a period that's never been explored. Like I would love to see a more like low tech, old school like Star Wars story like that. That could be really cool. The first Sith Empire that they used. Yeah, right. Like that would be awesome. That would be such a cool story to, like, see explored. And, like, a video game seems like a good way to do it because then it can be, like, non-canon, you know? And you can just, like, do it for the sake of, like, exploring it and, like, seeing what it would be like, you know? Yeah, pre-genocide of the Sith. We could go there because everything takes place after it, so why not? Yeah, that'd be cool. You could even do that event, you know? That would be brutal, though, because you'd, like, have to be playing during, you know, like, the worst time of the Republic's history, technically, before 
grumbled. Yeah, <laughs> but it would be awesome. Like, I feel like if you were playing as a Sith too, like, oh god, yeah. it would be so humanizing. Getting annihilated. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. So what about you, Ed? Uh, so just kind of thinking over just an idea of just like games that already had prequels. I was kind of thinking of a few, like just trying to think of like character origin stories is kind of where I'm more lean towards. So I had a couple in mind. I was thinking like games like Metroid or games like oh that'd be sweet. like a Metroid prequel where you can kind of see like the origins of Samus because for the most part in most of her games you you kind of see her as already the badass. But I kind of oh wait, isn't that isn't that what they do in other M? That the Team Ninja one isn't that about that, her, like in the academy. That game doesn't exist. Stop it. No. Yeah, that game's bad. I just wanted no, to. Yeah, do, I just wanted to catch re- it before someone else hit us in the comments. Yeah, just, just do a re prequel <laughs> if you want to call it that, or pre sequel yeah. like Borderlands does. Do that. If, or matter of yeah. fact, since I'm thinking about that, actually make a prequel to Borderlands. I think I want to <laughs> kind of see what Pandora was before Vault Hunters came in and just went nuts on it, or before like. Bandits came in. I think because I think if I remember correctly, Handsome Jack said it was like this great place before it just went to hell. So I kind of want to see what that was and yeah, then yeah. kind of turn it into that. So I'll, that fall. I would like to see. Yeah, yeah that's basically paradise. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of want to see what that paradise was like. So those two franchises are the first things that came to mind. Yeah, I think those are both really good. Um, man, how cool would it be if Metroid Prime Four was Metroid Prime like Zero? Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> hype. I would like to see that. Hype achieved. Uh, <laughs> uh, so for me, I've got two answers, but they're like very much like halves of the same coin. Um, I have said for years I would love to see prequels set in uh, either the Dragon Age or Mass Effect universes. Makes sense. Um, they're both so well fleshed out. Like we have a really good idea of what the timeline is like prior to um, the events of the first game in both series. So, like, for Dragon Age, I would love to play through a game that was, like, the first Blight, um, which is, like, a big plot point in the original game where, like, the Blight, for those of you who don't know, is, like, basically this zombie army with this crazy demon dragon, like, come up from the center of the earth and, like, start basically wiping out all life on the surface. So all the races come together and, you know, form the Grey Wardens and make this huge army and save the world. And, like, that's, you know, kind of the catalyst moment for the modern culture of the world of Thedas. So I think seeing that and getting to experience some of those historical figures and, and that stuff would be really cool. Um, doing like stuff about like the life of Andraste, who is like basically their Jesus figure, only like she definitely factually walked the earth and connected with God. Um, that would be really cool, like getting to play as her and, and walking through her whole life and her betrayal and all that stuff um, would be amazing. So there's so much you could do there. Um, and the same thing can basically be said for Mass Effect, where like we also have a really good idea of like what the history of, of the galaxy is like. And I feel like um, a perfect candidate in my mind is like the first Contact Wars, where uh, the human race finds protean technology, I think on the moon or something. and um, Past Pluto. Okay, past Pluto, right? It's when they get out of the galaxy for the first time. And um, they discover the Mass Effect technology and, like, all that stuff. And they have their first contact with uh, the Proteans, who are a a major race in the Mass Effect franchise. And um, they have a war over... Oh, the Turians, sorry. The Proteans are the the guys they get the tech from. Um, Yeah, so they go to war with the Turians, and that's, like, basically the human race's introduction to the, the broader galactic community. And um, that seems like another really, like, natural place to go. 
And uh, it would be cool because it would be obviously a little bit more focused on Earth, mm-hmm. you would imagine. Yeah. And, like, one or two colonies of humans as opposed to the human race already being, like, one of the five biggest races in the galaxy, you know? Um, so either of those would be something I would love to see explored, uh, provided Bioware doesn't cannibalize itself. Oh, boy. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Knock on wood. Uh, so remember, if you guys want to write in with your own random question of the week or let us know what prequels you'd like to see, you can hit us down in the comments below or hit us up on uh, social media at the Comics Pals or write to us at thevideogamepals at gmail.com. Uh, so please do. We love hearing from you. Or give me a random question so I don't have to come up with one next week. Do the work <laughs> for me. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and with that, I guess that means it's time for... The news! The news! We're talking about the news! The news! The news! All right, so we've got about five items on the news list this week, and uh, some some pretty fun stuff. I'm excited to talk about it. So, um, speaking of Life is Strange, a blog post on the Life is Strange Tumblr has confirmed Don't Not is working, or is already hard at work, on Life is Strange 2, and that it will feature a new set of characters. So uh, the release of uh, this this is a quote from them right from the from the blog post the release of farewell signals a lot of change with this bonus episode we're completing the before the storm arc deck nine games wrap up their foray in the universe of life is strange and we bid a fond farewell to Max Chloe Rachel and the other fan favorites of Arcadia Bay we hope that the hard work and love that we put into farewell will shine through and that you will feel that th- that we do the characters that don't nod created justice without knowing if or when we might see these characters again deck nine games took extra time and care to craft this farewell episode into something meaningful that will stay with everyone who plays it. Um, then jumping ahead a little bit, but when a door closes, a window opens, or something like that. We look forward to the coming months when Michael Koch and Raul Barbet, 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 whatever, <laughs> their team at Don't Nod returns to present a new story and characters of the next Life is Strange. Until then, farewell. They said the thing. They said the thing from the episode for the thing. They said the the title. Yeah, yeah. They did it, Peggy. Wow, life is strange sometimes. (laughs) Life is weird. Uh, 20 episodes Uh, with Pete on that, and I think I made that joke way too many times. (laughs) I haven't yet, so, you know, I I gotta catch up. It was a first for everybody. Perfect. I'm I'm so excited about this. I know that like I'm the only big Life is Strange fan here, so we won't belabor this point too much. But I am so excited for Life is Strange too. So excited to get the band back together. I am gonna miss uh, the characters of Arcadia Bay, but um, I, as much as I want to see more of them, I am also like glad you know that we're gonna be moving on because I'd like the idea of getting something new that's hopefully equally impactful and also. The more new stuff you do with a set of characters, the more you run the risk of, like, doing something bad. And they've done nothing but great so far. So, uh, you know, let's put these guys to bed for a while and, you know, maybe we'll see them again in the future. Yeah, just kind of give the story a little bit of breathing room at this point. Because you kind of told a great story with the prequel, with the original Life is Strange. You kind of don't want to oversaturate that to possibly tell a bad story like you were mentioning. Yeah, and especially with the way that the game ends, without spoiling anything, there are two different endings, and to move forward, you have to make one of them canon, you know, yeah. or or go through a ton of, um, you know, trouble to make basically two different games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I-, I think this is probably the right way to go, mm-hmm. <laughs> as much as I am going to miss, miss uh, Max and Chloe. But you but, do um, get that uh, last episode that you talked about, 
And, yeah. you know, that really, from what you were telling me yesterday, uh, it, it really sounds like you don't need anything else, you know, like they really wrapped it up nice. So, yeah, like you have a really, really good, like if you play the prequel, the prequel to the prequel, the prequel, and then Life is Strange, like you can see a, a, a really, really good picture of their friendship and their story, you know? So, um, yeah, you know, I think this is a good, a good place to, uh, to, to put it to rest for now. And, you know, hey, you can always go back and play the originals, which I have done uh, several times. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope you still get time powers, you know? Just, like, that would be great. I don't, I, I don't know if they're going to do wonder, that, but... Yeah, I wonder if they'll do more time powers or if they'll give you a different set of powers. I mean, but, you know, I, I think it could be fun for the time powers knowing, like, you know, a few years later now, like, how to expand on it, you know? Yeah, I, I do hope that they make a comeback. I think that's kind of a signature thing of the series. But playing um, Before the Storm showed me that they can do something different and have it work it's just true. as well. It's true. I forgot um, you lose them in that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because Chloe doesn't have those powers. Like, she has this, like, talkback mechanic thing where you basically just have to, like, embarrass people in a conversation and, like, belittle them or, like, manipulate them or something to, like, get the re- the reaction that you need. Um, and it's way different, you know, and there's like, it's actually cool because going into before the storm, like you had to think about it differently because you don't have the benefit of rewinding and making different choices. So as much as I'm open to them doing another thing with the rewind powers, um, I'd also be interested to see if they had an idea for something totally different and like why, you know, like how that fits into the lore and like maybe, you know expanding a little bit more about why why these kids are just getting powers or something you know native american burial grounds <laughs> that's that's the answer that's, for everything on the west coast i mean that's that is a, a that is the thing that they like not at in the first game so it's like, the answer. i don't know and like there you go that'd be interesting is like where does it take place you know like where is it going to be instead of oregon you know um so very much excited for it hopefully we hear more about it soon uh, so this next one is kind of an update around a story that's been developing for the last couple weeks, but uh, Monster, Hunt- Monster Hunter World, excuse me, is an absolute goddamn juggernaut. Uh, we didn't comment on it when this first part came out, but it's become Capcom's best-selling game of all time. Wow. It's now sold over 7 million copies in uh, in about a month. Um, wild. I don't think it's even been a month, has it? It came out in January, like... End of January, so yeah, oh, it's, like, okay, just yeah. a little over a month. Yeah. yeah. Closer to two. Cool. Yeah, so even so, um, that's a, a really impressive number uh, for where they're at in the time, in the um, timeline. And uh, it hasn't even come to PC yet, which is obviously going to have another big wave of sales and probably a bunch of new content, which will bring old players back. So um, the game is, is fucking slaying, man. Like, there's not too much to add here, but we haven't really touched on Monster Hunter since we did our kind of initial impressions review. And, um, you know, I just wanted to kind of check in on our on, in on our hunters and, like, you know, talk about this landmark a little bit. Peggy, are you still playing the game? I haven't touched it since the last time we talked about it. Like, I beat the game. Really? Yeah, I beat the game. Um, I helped my friends get a little bit farther in it. But then after that, like, I, I didn't touch it after that. That being said, like, if they do new content, I'm absolutely down to, to start back up again. Um, but, like, the, the end game stuff, which was all the, like hunt the monsters again thing just really wasn't wasn't for me i found um, okay but outside of that like 
it was it was a really good game. So if they do that, if they like actually get more and more stuff into it, if they get really really cool costumes, I'm in for that too. But uh but uh yeah, so yeah, I haven't touched it since then, but like I know my friends still play it. Um but I just I think I, I think I need to blame Sean on this one because I got WoW to be dead on. <laughs> yeah, that's yes. true. That happened that same week. The superior game. Get Uh-oh. out of here. Uh-oh. You, uh, <laughs> excuse me, Pete. How often do you play WoW? <laughs> Never. <laughs> Not since 2000 and... Never. Seven. I wonder, Seven? I, I wonder if people will be Eight? playing Monster Hunter World in about 13 years. No, that's such a casual, hung- like humble brag. Holy shit! He's not wrong. Yeah, you're right. That's the crazy I'm sorry. Part. I'm sorry. World of Warcraft is heroin, and this is just crack. I get it. Cheap and dirty. <laughs> wow. Monster. Slam dunk, man. Yep. You're oh a boy. Man, Sean doesn't uh, talk much, but when he does, <laughs> oh. it's, like, it's like that one. Sorry, go ahead. It's like Monster Hunter World's like the intro drug. It's just like, hey, you ever play WoW? No, I don't want to play that, man. I'll just play Monster Hunter. It's not that bad. And then all of a sudden, you just start down that downward path, and you get to WoW, and you get all that. Ugh. Yeah. No, this is like, it's an MMO light. You yeah. Know? Like, it's it's definitely not, uh, <laughs> it's not that demanding yeah. by any means. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm, I'm still playing it. I, I don't play it, like, a ton. Um. But I've I've still been playing it. I would say one or two nights a week, every week since it came out. Jeez. Um, jumping out with a couple of my friends, and you know, uh, like they just had the um, uh, Horizon event that happened not that long ago, where you could get Aloy's, uh, you can get an Aloy skin and like a bow and everything. So I was like farming that out. Um, I'm I like just got to end game content not that long ago. Yeah. Um, like I guess a, a week or so ago, and I think I'm like hunter rank fifteen now. I'm like uh, still finishing up the um, elder god dragon whatever hunts. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because I don't really pay attention to a lot of the lore and names in this game. I just want to fight monsters. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's yeah, I, I'm definitely enjoying it. I understand why it's a, a massive success, and uh, I'm glad to see Capcom I, I got a win here. Ed, have you spent any time with the game? A little bit. Um, played about two, three hours or so, just to kind of like get a grasp on it. Um, yeah. I think for me, just because I'm more of like a, a fast-paced gamer, like I played a lot, one of my big games this past week has been Bayonetta on the Switch. So going mm-hmm. from that to like playing games like Monster Hunter, it's more of a slow-paced affair. But I think just with time, I can kind of get into the mechanics. The world is beautiful. That's the one thing that I, I praise Monster Hunter for, um, especially when uh, myself and AJ played it. The world is just beautiful. In-game, cutscenes, everything else. It's an amazing world that you can kind of like soak yourself into. And just kind of play for hours on end, which I love. Yeah, I, I like that it's a game that you can play for 45 minutes or 45 hours. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Like, <laughs> but um, I will say uh, I had a very similar experience during my first like two or three hours of the game. I wouldn't say it was until I was like maybe seven hours in where I really felt like I was comfortable with the, the fighting system. Right. Uh, if you are if you haven't already, I would go to the, your, your character's room and go to the training area and just try all the weapons and like see if there's one that you like better because I was using a weapon that felt really slow and I plotting and I wasn't having a good time and then I switched over to the bow and I was like oh I love this yeah I'm like, a, I'm that's so, what I'm using right so now is the bow that. but that's just my weapon of choice right now cool so yeah I mean you know 
maybe maybe it is just getting yeah. down like the combos and everything but yeah like maybe try out the dual blades or something else that's a little bit like more hack and slash that's what i'm thinking next maybe, next go yeah around. maybe that'll speak to you a little mm-hmm. bit more hunting horn though do it it's still my main <laughs> i still want someone to make like when when you do the the like buffs and all that no one has made that to the song of run away with me by carly ray jepsen and i really hope someone eventually does <laughs> so that way like you see the horn get kicked and like when it starts to do the music instead of like the vuvuzela or the bagpipes it's just like it's the it's the opening like thing but no one's done that yet if you do Please send it to us. Yes, please. So I never thought I would hear Carly Rae Jepsen in a video game podcast. <laughs> what are we doing? I'm here for the memes. It's really we, what they ground every week here. So. Yes. Innovation. <laughs> Innovation. That's what we're all about here at the Pals Network. So uh, moving right along, PUBG's roadmap for 2018 has been revealed. So in a blog post on the game's website, Player Unknown himself addressed fans to let them know what's in store for PUBG in 2018. So he said, when we came out of Steam Early Access, we told you that it was just the beginning of our journey. This year, we're committing to a major content delivery cycle every two months, the first of which is planned for this month. Each of these uh, major updates will bring changes to specific systems and or introduce new content. Smaller updates between the major ones will also continue throughout the year. So they've got a lot planned here. Um, We're not going to go through every single one of these announcements because some of them are just like, you know, they're going to fix the bugs, right? So if you're interested in getting into all the nitty gritty, um, we've linked to it down below like we do with all the news stories if you want to go read the blog post for yourself. Um, But we're just going to talk about mostly the new content and, and the big stuff. So, um, Player Unknown confirmed that they're going to be launching a new experimental test server, uh, heretofore relate or heretofore referred to as ETR. Um, so fans can offer feedback on new features and content sooner, and so that fans can quote have a real impact on how our game changes and develops going forward. He also announced that there's going to be up- uh, major upgrades to the game's aesthetic. Uh, and shared some before and after images about some of the art um, assets that have been reworked by the team. Um, and they're trying to like basically improve the way that houses and environments are rendered in game. So you'll have less, um, you know, issues with, um, with, with kind of graphical breakdown because, uh, you know, they did build the game off of uh, Arma. <laughs> so um, next month is also going to see the launch of a new four by four kilometer island map which is, it's, it's broken up in like four islands. Um, looks very interesting. Um, that's going to be coming to the ETR. So uh, it's reportedly much smaller and is like kind of aiming to provide like quicker, more intense matches because of the increased player density. And um, they're also working on another eight by eight map that's in active, active development and will hopefully be coming to the ETR soon. Um, they also announced that they've got uh, emotes, new game modes, new vehicles, new weapons, more character customization, um, updates to the menu, a couple other quality of life advancements that are all going to be live on the ETR um, within, they said, the first half of the year. So some of this stuff, like emotes, is coming very, very soon. Some now, of it, uh, it's oh, on, yeah. emotes are already live? Yeah, they're, they're live on oh, okay, the test cool. server. Okay, cool. Um, great. So there are, as you can see, some of this stuff is very soon, right? <laughs> like already out now. Um, and then some of it is is a little bit further out. But uh, they said that m- all of the stuff that they've announced in today's announcement, um, the major stuff looks like it's going to be coming out in the next six months as long as everything, uh, you know, stays on track. 
Uh, so again, go check out the rest if you want any more of the nitty gritty. The rest of it is kind of just bug squashes. They announced that they, you know, don't really have plans for esports, but they're adding in- increased player, you know, replay stuff. They want to do more stuff in that space. They tease stuff that they hope to accomplish by the end of the year, but they're not exactly there yet as well. So if that kind of stuff interests you, go check it out. Peggy? Yeah, I should also mention they were trying to do the whole anti-cheat thing again. Um, That was a big thing as well. Uh, They actually tried to do one uh, on the 10th of March. uh, And apparently it was effective, but it caused FPS issues and and like game crashes and that sort of thing. So it was eventually rolled back um, around like 3 a.m., I guess, if I'm doing math right, um, on March 11th. So they, they are trying quite a, quite a bit of things to, to, A, make sure that the game runs well and, and looks good, but also, like, the whole cheating aspect, they're really starting to, to address a little bit more uh, aggressively, it seems, at least based on based on that update. Which is good, because that's what they said they were going to do and why they were, like, taking the break and not giving us the roadmap. So um, the fact that we got this roadmap two weeks after they told us that, um, that's that's probably good, that they got out and actually communicated what's going on. Yeah. It's huge. Uh, we were just talking about that, like I think last week, even right, uh, or maybe two weeks ago. That two weeks like ago. one thing we wanted was a roadmap. So, yep, yeah. and uh, yeah, we finally got it. So I, I wanted to. Well, first of all, Ed, do you play PUBG? I play a little bit. Uh, here's the problem: I don't have a good computer, so my experience is all the Xbox One, uh, which I know right. a lot of this information isn't Xbox One related. So that's going to make things a little tougher because I've seen a lot of the newer. PC updates and and it makes the game a lot better, especially since version one was official. Like I've seen some of my friends stream it, I've seen players kind of get into the like the newer like the updated FPS and updated graphics, and it looks great. But when you look at the Xbox One version, it's like, man, I feel like I'm playing a game in like pre 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 alpha. So it gets a little tough. Really? You know that's so interesting that you say that, Ed. Uh-oh. Here we go. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I just, uh, I just have one question for you, and then you know, of course, we can move on. Sure. Uh, so you say it feels like you're playing a game in alpha. Yeah. So let me ask you this question: Do you feel like you should be paying for that game? See, this is. The, I think that's kind of what a question that kind of started with Steam Greenlight. See, that's the thing. Do should you be paying for games in an incomplete state? And I think Steam Greenlight was the first service to say, yeah, you know what? We're going to make it okay to do it. And players just did it anyway. But I think this is the first time that a console player is kind of like in that questionable state that they don't know whether they should or shouldn't. So I think we're in kind of like a different moral ground on consoles than we would be on PC because PC's already done it for a few years now. So it's harder to say. I would say me personally, right now, no. Only because the game is pretty much like a core game. Um, achievements are coming soon, though. So they did announce that that achievements will be coming to uh, PUBG yep. within this year or so. So they are going to plan an achievement system. But $30, I mean, it kind of made it better that it was 30 instead of 60 Because I think if it was a full-price game, people would be flipping out. That 30 yeah. is kind of like that, okay, I mean, just to try it. It feels like I'm just trying out a game. And if I don't play it anymore, I didn't spend a full boatload on it. Yep. But I think with Steam Greenlight, you were paying full price for really early access. So I think the we would have to ask PC players first. And then console players would have to figure out whether they're going to get used to that or not if games come out in the future like this. This is what's you know, going to make me go hoard. <laughs> <laughs> 
And say, you know, Sean, it's almost like there's like uh, some level of consumer responsibility about what you spend your money on. Oh, but Pete, what about the responsibility <laughs> of developers to put shit out that actually works? Like, wow, imagine if you went to the movies and uh, in the middle of the movie there was a technical difficulty. Like, let's say just they kept in a scene of the actor flubbing their line. And they were like, oh, sorry, uh, we'll roll it back and we'll fix it for you. Just hold on a second. Uh, the yeah, movie's not but- done yet. Yeah, okay, but Sean, if they offered you, if they were like, hey, the movie's not done, but if you want to pay half ticket price to see it early before everyone else so that you can have all your spicy hot takes, you can do that. It's like, that's different. Like, they didn't try to sell you a full game. They told you, we're in early access. All right, guys, this is going to take a while. If you want to get a drink or something, like, by all means, go for it. I just wanted to ask Ed a simple question. Pete wanted to continue. Simple question, my ass. Hey, I asked him a question he answered. I said, that's true. You're right. You're right. Sean, I will say this. The question you asked Pete about the movie theater, it's basically my theater because it's all busted up anyway. So, you know, (laughs) there might be a time that someone's coming to my theater to see a movie and halfway through it is a glitch and I'm just like, what do you want? I'm sorry. It's my theater. You know what you got into. (laughs) Yep. Um, anyway, I, d- I did want to just ask um, Thompson and Peggy, what, how do you guys feel about, about this, these new announcements? You know, we, we talked two weeks ago and I think even a little bit before that about, you know, some of the struggles that have been facing PUBG recently and um, how it's definitely kind of killed some of our enthusiasm for the game. Um, are you excited for this new content? Do you like? Do you see this as something that's going to get you back in? Or I mean, I've, I've been of... I've been in. It's just a matter of the frequency of it. Um, yeah. But I really do like this. Uh, for one, it'll get me. It actually gets me hyped to to start like casting and like observing for this again. Um, mostly mm-hmm. that four by four map because uh, usually with the eight by eight map you have to basically stay in the same general area up until the later circles. Um, because it takes a while for the server to, to load in everything from, like, the opposite side of the map, so you can't go from, like, Georgia Pool to Military Base, or even Pachinki to Military Base, um, because everything needs to load, and it takes four fucking ever, and, like, when you're casting or observing for, for esports, that's not, that's not great, so... Uh, a 4x4 is definitely going to cut it down. It's going to make it so much more fun to cast, so much more fun to observe because it gives you a lot more rain, uh, free rain, uh, over the map to say, oh, this is a big fight that's happening and you can actually see it. Let's go take a look. Um, so yeah, I'm actually really hyped for, for this and I hope I can get back into observing that sort of thing soon. Um, but in general, from a player's perspective, I think it's a lot of fun as well. There was a lot of just like, the opening circles are usually very, like, very lull-y. And it's really stop and start, um, but with a 4x4, four four, it'll actually um, pick up the pace, as they said, and, and just uh, also not dedicate a lot of time to it, which is what I really like, too, because um, sometimes games can go on for, in my in my case at least, sometimes they go on for like half an hour or so, like 25 to half an hour, give or take. Um, and I feel like these will be able to do like 15 minutes or so, which also help with turnover for quick play, yeah. because there's some times where I'm like, I want to play but I don't want to dedicate, you know, half an hour to it or something like that. Just, I mean, A, that might just be me because I'm, I'm a little bit more, uh, uh, I don't want to stay in one place for too long, but, uh, but I just, I feel like it'll help, um, for the more casual people who actually just want to get into the action and want to get into, to, uh, fragging that sort of thing. And also just practicing kills and that sort of stuff will really help in that four by four. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really hyped about this and I think that it's going to help, uh, with, 
people coming back. It'll help uh, get the like high intensity, and I think it's exactly what uh, what PUBG needs right now, especially with Fortnite coming to the foreground. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, think it's, it, I do think it's something that PUBG is needed um, to stay as like as active as it has been. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the esports on this. Like we saw a couple of tournaments, uh, a couple of weeks—not a couple of weeks, couple of weeks within the past two weeks. Um, and like we saw how great PUBG can be if it's in a professional setting, and and you know we're seeing it as an esport. So, um, to see that four by four, and also just see new content in general is gonna be really encouraging. Um, and the entire roadmap was really encouraging because now there's a lot more transparency and and we know that they're trying to to work on the on the uh, uh, cheats and all that jazz. Um, yeah. And this time, really aggressively, uh, enough to cause your game to crash. But yeah, um, it's it's really encouraging, <laughs> and I plan on going back to to PUBG a little bit more regularly uh, pretty soon. Cool. Yeah, I, I definitely think when the when the new map is out, I'll, I'll definitely be playing a lot more again. Mm-hmm. If you can peel me away from Monster Hunter. <laughs> what about you, Thompson? Um, I've been out of this for a bit, actually, which is weird because I was uh, pretty regular with this game for a very, very long time. Uh, I think about two weeks ago was the first time I had not played it every single week at least once. And uh, I haven't really got back into it. So this is nice, mm-hmm. man. I, I agree with basically everything Peggy said. Um, I'm really looking forward to that, that 4x4 map. Uh, mostly because like again like the time frame i don't want to waste you know 20 minutes a lot of times i can actually load uh pubg up and play another game while it's you know i can sit in the house and i just like i can wait 15 minutes and play something else i usually uh yeah. play two games at once when i'm playing it so this would be good you know i i think that's my biggest concern now is i don't want to keep um it's, it's like league of legends or something you know like if you have constant interaction yeah, like with it you know like for a half hour match that's great, but like a lot of times with PUBG, unless I'm like seeking out something, uh, which is essentially death for yourself if you're, you know, driving around like an idiot like I do, um, you know, I, I don't know. I think the small map really, really give a, a boost that it needs because that's like, I'm starting to see that that's my biggest concern with it really, uh, besides like the cheating and shit we talked about, you know, and, and they're working on sure. it. So what, what are you going to do about that? Um, as far as gameplay though, that map sounds like the best thing for me, and. I will probably try the test server out, and I don't usually do that because, um, you know, it's a test server and I don't want to crash more than I already do. But it sounds fun, so uh, yeah. I guess I'll have to load it up. Definitely interested in seeing it. I think a really cool thing about it, too, if you can pick to do that one, which that would be a, a lovely thing to introduce, being able to pick what map you that play on. That would be fun. I don't think you can um, do that yet. Yep. But it, w- it would be great to be able to jump into this smaller map for like a quick game. Like if you're on and your friends are already in game and you're like waiting for them to all die, you're like, all right, cool. I'll do one of the four by fours and like die in 10 minutes and then fucking jump out and play with you guys. I mean, the one thing that I really liked to an H1Z1, I think like the one thing that was that was better than than PUBG on was that they had that practice server where you can just hang out and and frag as much as you want have unlimited respawns and it was so much fun to do to just like a practice but be just like sit around and wait for for other people to, to jump in and I really really want PUBG to do that I would die if PUBG did that because I would literally just sit there in the practice server and just like a explore the map like for real this time and b just like hang out because that's like one of like the best things that that H1Z1 did, King of the Kill rather. But uh, but yeah, if if PUBG adds that, that'd be so good. That'd be so much fun. I think it would also, 
uh, cover the uh, the issues that I think I guess everyone who's played it kind of has. Where 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 you mentioned um, your your friends are out playing or you've died, but you don't want to like watch them because yeah. you're salty. So you need to get uh you need to get like a couple extra frags in or something. So you jump into the practice server and and just like practice your aim while while your other friends are getting good. So yeah. Yeah. I think that would be really good, uh, a good idea. So uh, hopefully, hopefully this all works out, and uh, you know, obviously, we'll update you on it as it as it comes to fruition. So uh, moving right along, uh, Days Gone has been delayed until 2019, and that's just fine. So uh, after changing the game, <laughs> and that's me editorializing, but <laughs> um, everything is after, fine. He says this, it's on fire. It's fine. Yeah. No, 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 no. Honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a case for why this is a good thing. All right. So after changing the date on the game's website, Sony has confirmed the change, uh, at least to IGN where I read the article, um, that it was deliberate, and uh, but has given no explanation for why the open world zombie game by Siphon Filter dev Sony Bend has been delayed. So, you know, delays happen. That, that kind of thing um, is common. And I, I personally think that this is a really smart move. Um, I think Days Gone has a really, really tough uphill battle. Uh, it's got a generic name, it's got a generic elevator pitch, like, it's an open-world zombie game in 2018, where there are tons of zombie games that have been tons of zombie games, right? And I think 2018 is already proving that this is going to be a tough year with some pretty stiff competition, um, especially in the later part of the year where we're going to have stuff like Red Dead. Uh, this game can't come out against something like that. It, it'll, it'll fucking fail. Okay. And, and I think the way it's really going to work is to deliver the most polished game possible, which delaying it obviously helps with, um, but also being released in the right time slot. And to me, like, that's January or February, mm. exactly where we're seeing Monster Hunter fucking blow up. Yeah. And it, yeah. it worked for Horizon. It worked for fucking, um, what's that other zombie game that came out a couple years ago? Uh, Dying Light? Yeah, yeah Dying, Dying Light, Light yeah. like, and that was like a March game, but I think coming out in that Q1, first three months of the year, where there's not a lot of games out, everybody is coming off of 2018, you know, we're finishing up games that we had been playing, you're knocking stuff off your backlog, but you want something new. You know, you want a taste of something that's new and that everybody's talking about, and if this game comes out and it's good, I think that's going to be its best chance to succeed, because it, it is in a tough spot, like, and especially when people are excited for The Last of Us 2, you know, and think it's around the corner, even though it's definitely not. Those people aren't thinking with their brains. <laughs> yep. I, if anyone thinks that game is coming out any sooner than 2020, you're silly. I'll agree oh, with you. It could be 2019. It could yeah. be late 2019. It could. Maybe. Maybe. You never know. <laughs> we'll see. <Maybe. laughs> I'll agree with you on this part. I do agree that 2019 is definitely the best spot for Days Gone because... I would say outside of the competition it has with like games that are coming out from Microsoft or games that are coming out from Nintendo, it has competition in its own console cycle. Um, yeah. On, mm -hmm. on a previous podcast I did, I talked about that. Sony has pretty much their big five they were focusing on, which was God of War, Spider-Man, Last of Us, Detroit Become Human, and Days Gone. And out of the fi those five, Days Gone was my forgettable one out of those five. And I know God of War. I think most people feel that way. Exactly. God of War is coming out in April. Detroit comes out in May. Um, Last of Us is probably going to get delayed. 
Spider-Man's probably the summer to capitalize on anything Marvel-related or Marvel Studios-related. So Days mm-hmm. Gone had to be the sacrifice, um, especially with that kind of gameplay that, to be honest, like in the two gameplay trailers that we've seen so far of it, it still looks pretty rough. Like it looks like it's a solid like 30 FPS if at best, like not up to PlayStation 4 standards or at least current PlayStation 4 standards. So it had to get delayed. It had to kind of get pushed back so that way it can kind of deliver an experience that's just more than like, oh, I'm playing third person Left 4 Dead. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like the game can't be subpar. It it just to me always looked from the two trailers that it looked like State of Decay three, kind of like they had like a build for it or something. And it, mm. did, it didn't to me look like they were like from the ground up. Like let's do this like awesome experience. Like they kind of had something and they're like uh, yeah, let's make it work. Or they had like an open world engine and maybe they slap zombies in or vice versa. But it, yeah, like I agree. It it had that like almost 30 fps kind of feel to it and i think they were using this game as a huge advertisement for the 4k stuff and it it didn't wow me back then right uh, did they i'm pretty sure when they announced the pro they were showing days gone as like a flagship like oh man it, it you know it, i think i think you're mixing that up because it was just the same e3 because I, I don't remember i think, yeah, they, I think they only now. used 4k versions of older games to do that but but Correct us in the comments if you know it's, yeah, yeah it's I'm, been a while i'm not 100 on that one but uh it, yeah it didn't look very uh like you said, but the top five of these, it this doesn't like even resonate. And I, I really do actually like this style. I know it's stale, but I like, you know, open world zombie stuff. Like, like even cheesy ones, like seven days to die, which is on the PS4 now and stuff. You know, I've played that for years on the, the PC and like, I'm, I'm happy that it's on the PS4, but that game I think is already better uh, for less cost than this game. That's not out yet. And when you do have stuff like, you know, Detroit and, you know, even like Nintendo stuff like Kirby's coming out and all that. Like, I can't see this fitting in this year at all. Um, next year, tough still, you know, honestly, it's just got to have mm-hmm. the right time because like anything else is going to trump this probably. Um, and we don't know if there's going to be another, you know, style like this announced, you know, maybe, maybe Microsoft's going to be like, Hey, state of decay three. I have no idea. You know, <laughs> we'll say de- state, de- state of decay two is, is already announced. Right. And that's not what I meant. far off. Yeah, like, I it's also like, I think, I think comparing it to those games is like a total misnomer. Like, and I, I like, I think a lot of people are doing that, but it's really? like, it's not like those games. Like it's, it's a story game. Oh, I you know, know like the it's way got, it looks. it's got a huge story. It's like very focused on like, it's, it's way more like the last of us. Like that is like, I think a pretty apt comparison that it's like, Oh, it's this, like kind of dark and gritty story set in a post-apocalyptic world with zombies right right and it's like like that's a tough yeah i know i know it's got a story and everything (laughs) the presentation has so far just been like third person action stuff that's really it you know so it's like it's not really doing it for me because you see that in like any other game really yeah i think that's the problem I honestly don't think that the delay matters. Uh, I think that we've we talked about this uh, a few weeks ago. Delays are what they are. We've been waiting for Kingdom Hearts three for thirty thousand years. When that game comes out, <laughs> well, I'm gonna buy it. There's no there's no person who's gonna see that game on the shelf and be like, you know what? I waited too long. I'm not buying this now. It's not gonna happen. If this game is good, people will buy it, and they'll buy it yeah. tomorrow. They'll buy it a year from now. They'll buy it two years from now. But if it's bad, no one's going to buy it. And I think that that's really what it comes down to. And so if they're delaying it for the sake of polish, great. If they're delaying it to get a better slot in the year, great. Uh, if they're delaying it because they feel like it, great. You know, it doesn't matter. Uh, the people who are here for it are going to be. And that's that's the important part. So get it right. Yeah. 
I totally agree. I think I think the only way that that doesn't hold true is if they delay it to the point where it's too close to The Last of Us. Like, if we get a release date where it's like, The Last of Us comes out in, you know, September of 2019, right? Or December of 2019. And Days Gone is in January or February or whatever. I could see people being like, I'll wait. You know? So I think that's the one thing they do have to be concerned about. But otherwise, yeah, I'm, I'm totally on the same page with you on this one, Sean. Um, and, and I think this is a game that's going to benefit a lot from uh, conversation about it. I think that, like, as it gets closer to release and there are um, journalists and influencers and Twitch streamers or whatever who get invited to get an early access code or get to go play the demo or whatever um, and have things to tell us about it, I think if the game is good, which, um, you know, I think based on the pedigree, there's no reason that it shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Uh I think that's going to be what's really going to move the needle on this game because it does have a generic elevator pitch. And I think it's going to need word of mouth to really um, make people want to play it. But I don't think that's necessarily going to be a problem. I have have faith that this game is going to be pretty good. Listen, Pete, you know, I I don't want to say anything, but uh, there's a game that was talked about this week that's so much more interesting than this. And I really feel like we should just... Like, everything we've talked about already, like, forget all that. Let's talk about that game. Let's get us to the point where I can talk about the only game that matters. Please. Well, okay. Let's do it. All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So that's going to take us into our meat and potatoes. And as much as Sean is excited to talk about the most exciting news this week, (laughs) let's get through all the rest of it. So, what else would it be? The motherfucking Nintendo Direct, y'all. Yo. This, goddamn, god fucking damn, this Nintendo Direct was good. I, I'm, there were some haters, like there are with everything on the internet, but I thought this was truly stellar. It's just me or does money. Nintendo Direct feel like E3 every, like, month? When they do a presentation, <laughs> it, it's just, it feels yeah. like E3 because everybody's just sitting in front of their computers or TVs or at the Nintendo store, like... Oh, Nintendo's going to kill it. Nintendo's going to kill it. Yep. Every time. And much like E3, two camps of people emerge. People who enjoy things and people who want to shit on people who enjoy things. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. So I'm I'm really excited to jump in, into this with you guys. I'm really excited to have you here for this one, Ed. So let's let's start with the 3DS announcements. We'll get those out of the way. Um, and then we'll, we'll get into all the Switch stuff. But uh, 3DS, got to say, I got to say. Uh, if Andy was here, he would talk shit, but, um, the 3DS, it's got some cool stuff on the way, man, and stuff well into 2019, which is surprising. Uh, so, for starters, they announced, uh, WarioWare Gold, uh, it's got 300 minigames, making it the biggest one in the series, it's gonna have full voice acting for the first time, dropping on 3DS August 3rd, um, don't know if any of you guys are WarioWare fans. WarioWare is fun for a party. Like, I played the, um, I had this old clique that I used to play games with in college, and we would play the WarioWare games just for fun, like on the Wii, yeah. especially on the Wii. So, WarioWare Wii was tight. Yeah, yeah, those were fun. Yeah, this is a game I think would be a lot more home at the Switch because of that. Like, I think the Switch is way more built for couch co-op rather than being like, let's all get our 3DSs yeah. and play this. You know what I mean? Event, like, I think eventually it's more like a test run just to see how much, how many WarioWare fans are still out there and yeah. then, you know, funnel that over to the Switch. Probably. Uh, so we're also getting a Luigi's Mansion remake, which is tight. Uh, it's the original 
OG Luigi's Mansion, uh, updated graphics, added some new content. Like, in, uh, there's a map on the bottom screen and a boss rush mode uh, coming out later this year. This is tight. That's pretty cool. Hype. I can't wait for that one because uh, I used to, like, legitimately beat the shit out of that game enough to try to speedrun it and, and try to beat the record for speedrunning on Luigi's Mansion, which, like, I never did that with any other game. I don't know why I picked that game. Because <laughs> um, Luigi's Mansion is fucking fire. And, like, that might be the first time I pick up a 3DS in, like, two years. <laughs> Besides Pokemon, you know? Like, that's it. Same. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, I will definitely fuck around with this. Uh, so then we're also getting Mario and Luigi's Bowser's <laughs> Mario and Luigi Bowser's Inside Story plus Bowser Jr.'s Journey. That sounds like okay, a Capcom thanks. name, right? I was gonna say <laughs> thanks, Capcom. I like an anime <laughs> at this point. Like, yeah. Uh, so this is a remake of the classic DS game Mario and Luigi Bowser's Inside Story, which is like I think it's the third game in the franchise, and it's like pretty much I, it's it's almost unilaterally considered the best one yeah um so that's cool it's got new graphics which look gorgeous really really cool new style um and then there's a new mode that tells the uh behind the scenes story of bowser jr so i guess that's where the plus bowser jr's journey comes in don't know exactly how that's going to play out but uh yeah i mean if you're a fan of the mario and luigi games and you missed this one for whatever reason um Definitely a great title and uh, probably worth revisiting if yeah if you have already played it. It's been a while. So uh, that one's coming to 3DS in 2019 because apparently this thing is never going to fucking die. <laughs> At 3DS, <laughs> man. Nintendo's got the 3DS in the back just like, I'm going to live forever. <laughs> I just remember when Andy sent you that picture of the SpongeBob thing where it says, like, the 3DS is a dead console. <laughs> yeah. The 3DS is a dead console. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I really hate him right now. I'm, I'm glad he's not here because he'd be rubbing it in our faces right now. <laughs> or you could rub it in his. I mean, they're making they're making games well into 2019. That's that's a great sign, right? Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah, I just don't want him to be right about anything because he's Andy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm the one who always says it's a dead console. Andy's the one who's ah, true, true, true. Yeah, yeah. Always trying to oh no, the 3ds man. It's got all these great games coming out. Yeah, it's like whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's no, right. He is right. I know. Like, I guess. So whatever. Yeah, lost in all this hype. Why aren't we talking about De- Danny DeVito Chew right now? Danny, <laughs> D- that D- did it happen yet? Have we got it? Yeah. Is he <laughs> this month? Dude, yeah, it's coming out this month. And if you guys didn't see the trailer, like we got a bunch of the English dialogue of of, of Detective Pikachu, and he does sound like Danny. It's DeVito. amazing. It's amazing. I love it. There's Good. there's a part in it. There's a part in it where he's like he. <laughs> <laughs> he's like he's like running and he's like barely moving at all and he's like Qu- quick attack yeah. and it literally I was yeah. it reminded me of Frank Reynolds so goddamn much <laughs> like it's so funny it was great like if it, like I I said this the last time I think I was on here this is gonna be the 3ds's cult hit it's gonna be the game that people are gonna be like yeah. what what is detective P-? and then people are gonna buy it in like the millions I, yeah, I forgot dude, I, yeah that's why you were the, the last one you heard for yeah. And I, we were just, I, I like, yeah, ripping on the Danny DeVito thing, man. Like, I'm glad it sounds so close. Yeah, it's it's gonna be a lot of fun. I, I still don't want this game though. <laughs> I I'm like so butthurt that I don't have a 3ds that I can hack to let me like do video capture because all I want to do is fucking make Thompson stream this game. You can oh. take my 3ds. I think you can still mess with it. Is yours one of the newer ones? I don't know. <laughs> talk about that. We'll talk about that off air. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, Thompson and Sean's most anticipated release of 2018, right around the corner. Oh, March this 20th. is not there happening. You go. No, <laughs> no way. 
make sure sh- make sure you pick up the extra large uh, Detective Pikachu amiibo too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> m- what more do we need than a fat Pikachu in the game? A fat Pikachu in real life. Yes, exactly. Yeah, there you go. Will this get you more hype for the movie next year when Ryan Reynolds does the voice? One thousand percent. We're gonna do it, and I'm gonna make them all see it, and we're gonna review it. It's gonna be amazing. <laughs> no. Oh my There's god! There's not a Pete. chance in hell I'm watching that movie. <laughs> Sean, I'm not knowingly take Sean. you to see it. Just like you were like when you forced us all to go watch Justice League for the comics, pals. I'm making you watch Detective oh, Pikachu. God. I'm taking you on a mandate. Yep. <laughs> No, 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 no. Here's what you do. You tell them that you're going to go see something else. Then you... It's it's like debated. And you, you, you just do it. Thank you. What, what, I mean... Suffer. What? what? <laughs> now, this is what she does, Sean. This is her shtick. You mentioned what? PUBG. I can get you to see Detective Pikachu. I That's asked a question. That's all I did. And I'm Blame telling Pete. them a plan. That's all I'm doing. Blame Pete for bringing PUBG up on a show that I'm on. That's all. <laughs> I can't wait for the Detective Pikachu Smash skin, by the way. It's going to be hype. Yeah, oh, that's cool. With Danny DeVito doing that's the awesome. noises. That's funny. I would love that. I would love that so much. Uh, so there was one other 3DS game that I am not interested in, but I felt like I had to bring up for the lols. Did you guys, what did you guys think of Dylan's Dead, Dead Heat Breakers? <laughs> yeah. you, guys, you guys still want to play this That's amazing topic. action furry tower defense game okay all right we'll move along to the side yeah, there it's you okay. go. <laughs> well done good transition so uh on the switch the first game that we're going to talk about is uh kirby star allies which drops next fucking week yeah march 16th baby so excited thompson and i are going to be streaming it Fuck yeah, come come hang out. It's gonna be rad. It's happening. Um, yeah, we're doing it. And uh, so the 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 new thing that they announced here, right, is that as you make your way through the game, you're gonna reach these things called dream palaces, where uh, fan favorite legacy characters, which I don't know, is this a Marvel press release? Um, <laughs> but you can you can basically unlock these these old school Kirby characters as your as your dream friends. So there's going to be new ones added to the game uh, with free updates. The first one is going to be coming out on March 28th, which is like, you know, right after the game comes out. Uh, and it's going to be adding the classic characters Marks, Gooey, and the character set Rich, Kine, and Koo to the game. Uh, so if you're a Kirby fan, you recognize all those names. And um, there's also, you know, they showed off Day to Day, you know, Meta Knight, uh, fucking Waddle D with like a weird bandana and a samurai sword. <laughs> it's like awesome. So uh, I- I'm I'm hype about this. Really, really cool nod back to Kirby's history, and I can't fucking wait for this game. I love Kirby games. Yeah. And uh, if you didn't know, there's a free demo available right now that you can go download on the Switch eShop. So go check that shit out. Fancy. Yeah, I'm. Uh, and make sure you tune into the stream. <laughs> I'm not playing the demo because I want it to be a surprise for when we uh we stream it uh this weekend. But Same. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm just like I'm so hyped about this, man. I'm just. I'm, I'm glad there's more, you know, because I was already sold. So even hearing there's more, it's like, uh, please keep showering me, Nintendo. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm already going to get it. it. <laughs> I'm literally downloading the demo now. I did not know it was out. There you go. <laughs> uh, so next up is uh, Octopath Traveler, yes. which is so funny because they finally confirmed the name of the game is just Octopath Traveler. Yeah, yeah it's right. not a working title. That's the title. There you go. <laughs> All right. 
Could have just done that in the first place, but, uh, okay, so they announced two new characters, Tressa the Merchant and Alphine the Apothecary, who both both obviously have their own abilities, um, cool. which, you know, go check out the demo for an uh, in-depth kind of thing. Um, or not the demo, the YouTube video. But um, then they also announced that you're going to have the ability to equip multiple jobs per character for use in battle. So it seems like you won't be able to use their overworld abilities because each one has their own kind of thing that affects the way that you interact with the story. But you'll be able to pull from multiple trees to kind of build out your character's uh, moveset, which is really cool. Um, that's the thing I always really appreciate in uh, Final Fantasy or, you know, offshoot games like um, Bravely Default. So that's that's cool to, to hear that coming. Uh, the big title, though, obviously, is that we got a release date coming out exclusively on Nintendo Switch July 13th. So right around the corner, uh, comes out in a great time, I think. You know, that kind of that right in the middle of that summer lull. You're right around E3. You want something new to play. You know, not a ton of big AAA games to compete with, except maybe Spider-Man. Um, so that's, that sounds great. Uh, definitely something that will be perfect for Switch players. Yeah, uh, the one thing I, I find most impressive about Octopath is its art style. Like, kind of like what I was saying about yeah. like Monster Hunter, and I love that, gra- like, the power of the PlayStation 4. This is something completely different because they're calling it 2D HD. It looks like a right. like a pixelated Final Fantasy, but the world looks like a diorama. Like almost like wait, I yeah. can grab that. It almost feels like a figurine. It's amazing what they did with it. Yeah, or like um, it, it kind of reminds me of like a storybook. Yeah, you know, like whenever you see like an animated storybook and there's like the flat backgrounds with the characters yeah. moving or whatever. Yeah, it's fucking. Did you gorgeous. see the collector's edition diorama? Yeah, That's, that I, actually looks really good. I kind of want to pick it up. It looks pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so the Wayfarer's edition is the special edition. It comes out the same day. It comes with a stylized pop-up book, a, quote, helpful cloth map, <laughs> which is cool. okay. Sure. Uh, and then um, the basically it's a soundtrack on CD and then a replica coin based on the in-game currency. Um, so yeah, if you're looking forward to Octopath, looks like something that might be worth picking up. Uh, so then we also got the announcement of a Captain Toad Treasure Tracker port, which is uh, another second chance for a beloved Wii U game. Uh, so the new version is going to have some new uh, mini courses that are going to be based on some of the kingdoms from Super Mario Odyssey, which is really cool. Uh, and they're also going to have multiplayer with Joy-Cons. So one player will be able to control Captain Toad, while the other one is able to assist with uh, giving, like, uh, cover fire on enemies or like you know um, just some other kind of like environmental interaction stuff kind of similar to the stuff you've seen in, in Mario games where they have two player um, you know features uh, so that's pretty interesting this is a game I never got around to on the Wii U um, and by all accounts like everyone who's played it sings its praises and it's apparently a really really good puzzle game um, Ed, you're not. Have you played it before? Yeah, I have. I've played a little bit on the Wii U version. Um, definitely something I want to try out again because um, I do kind of like the puzzle scheme. It's very interactive. Um, with the Wii U, you have to like kind of turn your console. You have to use the stylus to kind of navigate the world and do a lot of slide up puzzles to kind of get all the treasures in the game. So I thought it was really kind of like a unique title for the Wii U in itself. And then to see it on Switch and also 3DS as well. That also got announced for the 3DS. So two portable yeah. ways to play it. It's awesome. Yeah, it's great. And the uh, the 3DS one has uh, stereoscopic 3D visuals uh, and touchscreen controls as well. Yep. So it's a little different, but um, essentially the same game. So that's cool. I'm definitely going to jump into this one. This is a game I'm definitely excited to pick up and do some uh, some Let's Plays of uh, with, with Thompson about it and uh, maybe do some streaming. Um, definitely a game I, I'm excited to get a chance to play yeah. again because I'm not doubling back and playing the Wii U, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know this existed until 
this direct. So <laughs> good yeah, on that. I think I think Treasure Tracker was originally um I wanna say it was in was it in Galaxy or Galaxy Two for the first time? It was in no, it was in Super Mario three D World. Oh it, right, yeah. it was in three D World. World. Okay, that was it. Yeah. yeah, it was it was a mini game and it was so popular they spun it off and made it its own yep. thing. Um, wow. So yeah, the fact that it's it's sticking around uh, is great because I thought that was a really cool franchise that you know got its start on Wii U, which is not a great place to get your start. <laughs> yeah. um, so really cool, it's going to get a second chance here, and I, I imagine it's going to do well. Uh, so then I have a couple just like quick fire ones here. Uh, Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy is going to be coming on July 10th, also coming on PC and Xbox. So that's really cool. I'm thinking about picking it up a second time. Yeah, because I went on a portable like, console. Like, I, I saw it. I was just like, wait, they, it was re- like as soon as it came on the screen, I was like, Crash Bandicoot. I was like, whoa. I, yeah. I, I literally paused the video for like two seconds. I was just like, gotta breathe. It's happening. I'm like, yeah. I can play all the Crash games at work and not do any work. That sounds like me. <laughs> well, and it's, you know, the reality of the situation is, like, I loved the Insane Trilogy, mm-hmm. and it's a game that, like, I spent a lot of time with right away, but then I fell out of it because, like, there were other new yeah. games to play in 2017. Whereas, like, it as a Switch game, perfect marriage, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm in the car, if I'm on the train, if I'm in bed, you know, like, trying to settle down, mm-hmm. whatever, that's, I'm way more likely to chip away at those games over time mm-hmm. Uh, on the Switch right. rather than playing it on PS4 when I'd, you know, rather be playing Horizon or Monster Hunter or, or whatever. As long as you're not you know? driving the car. Right. <laughs> Let's clarify that for all if the listeners. If you're talented enough, you could maybe. <laughs> yeah, so um, that's something to look forward to. And again, if you're not a PS4 owner and you have wanted to play those games, now you'll have the chance to do it on PC and Xbox. Um, they've already released like minimum specs and all that stuff. So uh, go check it out. Uh, so then Okami HD is going to be launching next summer on the Switch, or I'm sorry, this summer on the Switch, which is also really cool. Uh, Okami is a, a really amazingly beautiful classic game. Uh, the HD re-release that they did, um, I think on 360 maybe, and PS4, PS4 had it. was really, yeah. I just played um, it for the first time, actually. I, th- I think it was at the end, or so I guess it was Xbox One and PS4, um, but it was, it was gorgeous, and they did a great job with it, so uh, Switch seems like a great place for it. Yep. If you haven't played Okami, great great time to try it out. I've never played it, so um, definitely a game I'd like to give a shot. Definitely. Uh, South Park Fractured Butt Holes out on April 24th, uh, so if you missed your chance on that one, you think you might want to play that one on the go, that'll be cool. Coming with all the DLC already packed in, so you'll save a little bit of money, too. Um, so that's, yeah, great, great place to play that game for the first time. Uh, and then Undertale is coming, quote, eventually, (laughs) (laughs) which, uh, fantastic, man. Anywhere you can put Undertale and give more, uh, opportunities for people to play what is, in my opinion, unquestionably one of the best games ever made, um, good. And I'm super excited to have it on the go because they put it out on Vita last year and I almost bought it. But I was like, I'm not like playing my Vita anymore. I'm playing Switch. I'm just going to wait and hope they port it to Switch. Well, they're doing it. So <laughs> Dream come I true. will definitely be, can, can we say definitely Switch be buying that shit again. Is a success now that it has both Skyrim and Undertale? Because most people are like, hey, can it run? You know, Does it have Skyrim or Undertale? Uh, yeah, it fucking does. So how about that? <laughs> it's got everything. It's the best console. Okay, so moving right along. Uh, Dark Souls Remastered Woo! launching on Nintendo Switch. The fucking Solar Mingle sold out within seconds. seconds. And, yeah. <laughs> that thing is insane. I, I, I tried to buy one for you, Thompson, and I like I it was gone 
almost immediately after they put up the pre-order. Yeah. So you know they're going to do more of that shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they're releasing the Solar Amiibo, which is fucking hilarious. Uh, it allows you to do the praise the sun gesture, like, right mm. away. Um, which you yes. can unlock through the game normally, but that's, like, kind of a later game thing. Uh, so that's pretty funny. Uh, players who want to take part in the uh, game's network test, which is coming up, uh, to test out the game's online function, is uh, going to be coming to the eShop uh, later this year. So there'll be more details announced later. We'll update you guys when it comes out. All right, so moving along to the big guns here. Uh, Mario Tennis Aces got some uh, some new gameplay trailers, which uh, this game looks fucking hype. I love the Mario sports games. I love Mario Tennis. Um, we got some more information about how the game actually plays. Uh, they got into some of the aiming mechanics, which are a little hard to explain, honestly. It's, you kind of, like, look like you're aiming, like, mid, like, you're taking shots and aiming at the same time. It looks pretty complex. It looks a little weird. I think it's gonna make a lot more sense when you actually have your hands on yeah. it than when you're watching someone play it. feels it. like Max Payne um, bullet time, almost. Yeah, which- <laughs> right. Like, it... It really does, yeah. which is a weird thing to say about a fucking tennis game. I know. But uh, that's a super apt comparison. Um, and they also announced that there's going to be a classic mode, which lets you just play straight up Mario Tennis as it always has been, uh, with none of the crazy trick shots or like after image fucking special <laughs> hits that they introduced and stuff. Um, but overall, this game is looking really sharp. It seems like they really tried to go back to the drawing board on this one and really try to uh, do something fresh for Mario Tennis Aces, which is great. Um, they also announced that they introduced a swing mode, which lets players use the Joy-Con controller. It's like a tennis racket. So it's like, hey, remember the most popular part of Wii Sports? Here it is. So that's awesome. Seems like a great place, you know, for you to, you want to play with the family. Maybe you want to play with like, you know, your parents, your grandparents, younger cousin or something, little brother, whatever. Um, that, that seems like a great way to kind of let you... Pull off the Joy-Cons, show the family the Switch, do something a little more casual, right. you know? Um, which is awesome, because that was a huge part, uh, selling point for the Wii. So I, I imagine this will speak to family owners of the Switch in a big way. Um, so then they also announced... Um, oh, no, I'm sorry. That was it. Uh, so then they gave us the release date, June 22nd. Sold. You know, right around the corner. Sold. Right around the corner. Yep. Yeah. I, One of my most highly anticipated games of the summer. I gotta say, yeah, this game looks really good. I love the the Mario Tennis series of games, and um, I think this this looks awesome. Hype. It definitely looks like uh, it has the promise to be the best one since 64, maybe. Yeah, actually, especially now that you're bringing back the story mode on top of that. So it's going to be like a full campaign Hell mode. Yeah. Kind of like The last time I played a campaign mode was like Mario Tennis on the Game Boy Color, and it's made by the same developers as that game, too. And I think that was the last time they had a story mode. So just to see it come yeah. back full circle is awesome. Hell yeah. I'm sorry, Peggy, did I cut you off? No. Or did you just be like... I just said, oh. hype. It's going to be, <laughs> okay, cool. it's gonna be aces. Okay, bye. <laughs> it's oh, going to be aces. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I, I always wait. forget how much you guys like Mario Tennis. Or, and it just baffles me because right? it's like... I. No it's interest good. at all. It's so good. And like, this is that one game that like I turn around and I'm like, nobody cares about. Th- Wait, everyone likes this game? What the fuck? You know, it's yeah. like it just blows my mind because I just ne- never ever crossed my mind. And then uh, suddenly everyone likes it. I guess so. There you go. Yeah, I'm like, how's this a big gun? Oh wait. <laughs> It's a fucking big gun, dude. People love the Mario Tennis yeah, games. I guess, like, I guess the Mario so. sports games in general are good. Like yeah, the yeah. baseline, most of them are good. And I think tennis is the cream of the crop. Tennis has always been my favorite. Just... Mario Golf is really good too. Uh, Strikers was really fun, but like 
tennis is where it's at in my mind. So <laughs> I'm so hyped wow. to see them bring it back, especially because they released a really shitty one on the Wii U. Oh, so man. like the fact that they're doing it so quickly after to be like, yo, we're saving Mario Tennis just like we're saving Nintendo. Good. Bring it back. Um, so yeah, I can't fucking wait for that. Hope it's good, man. Me too. Yeah. Uh, so then the last thing we're going to talk about before we get into the biggest of the big fucking guns, man. I know, John. I, can, <laughs> yeah. I know, I know. I can, but we're saving the best for last. It's like you're here. carbonating him. He's ready to blow up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I dropped the Mentos in and then screwed the top back on. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they have announced a ton of new content for Splatoon 2. So there's a, a major update coming in April where they're going to be adding – it's a free update uh, where they're going to be adding um, – it's you know bringing the game to 3.0. They're adding over 100 new pieces of gear, uh, new stages, which is really cool. Um, there's a Piranha Pit, Camp Triggerfish, and Wahoo World. And then they're introducing a new uh, rank, which is called Rank S or X. So if you're already like a top-tier Splatoon player, you can now – that's like going to be the cream of the cream of the crop. Um, uh, so yeah, that's like – you know, the extreme pro rank, basically. Yeah. And they announced they're going to be doing a, a Canadian-American, like, North, uh, you know, North American opening uh, for Splatoon as well for, for this new rank. So that's something to look forward to if you're still deep in the Splatoon uh, pro game. Uh, but then the other big thing is that they announced their first big paid DLC, which is coming um, in the summer. It's called Octo Expansion Ads. Whoa! It's yeah, yeah. It's it's espionage and expansion. It's it's a bad pun. <laughs> um, so it's apparently a quote hefty new single player mode, which uh, lets players play as a new character uh, called Agent Eight, who's an octoling. So if you know anything about Splatoon, you know they're squid kids, they're squidlings. Uh, so her being an octoling, pretty big deal. So and she's, uh, she's, a, she's Agent Eight. <laughs> All right, continue. Mm. It's good. It's no. good yeah. stuff, man. It's not. Uh, so this new single player campaign has uh, 80 missions, a um, bunch of new stories that um, shed some light on some of the Splatoon lore, some of the characters that have already been introduced to Splatoon. Um, and then if you complete the Octo expansion, you'll unlock the ability to actually play as Octolings in multiplayer, which is cool. Um, so it launches later this summer, but you can pre-purchase it right now and you can get some uh, Octo-themed uh, gear in-game like that you'll be able to put on today. So, um, you know, if you're still knee-deep in Splatoon, bunch of cool stuff on the horizon. And uh, if you're not, definitely seems like a good reason to go back with all the new weapons, new maps, and, uh, you know, maybe you get into the single-player stuff as well. I definitely want to spend some more time with Splatoon. I had a ton of fun with it last year and uh, just didn't really have enough time to dedicate to it because there was just other stuff going on. Yeah, Splatoon is so fuck you. It's one of <laughs> Splatoon is one of those good games. Like, if you just want to play something for like a quick half hour and get like three or four matches in online, because there's always a big community around this game, especially when yeah. they do the weekend Splatfest, but they just had one this weekend. You get so many players that just come out of the come out to play it again. Because um, then there, yeah. there's a big community around it. The Splatfests are always fun because you kind of see the drawings in like their Meverse kind of. Um, scenario where you can kind of like see their drawings representing their teams that they choose for the yeah. Splatfest and it just just creativity around it is just awesome so I know with the Octo expansion it's going to bring back a lot more players reasonably priced like especially for something as big as the expansion like a full-fledged story mode um, on top of the story they yeah, already have 20 bucks. It's awesome like the one thing I love about Splatoon is that outside of this big expansion which if you want to buy it you can if you don't no big deal everything else is still free 
which is awesome about Splatoon. They did it with the previous game, and now they're doing it with Splatoon 2 all year round. It's just been free content, free content, free content, and it's great. Yeah, it's really cool that, like, if you want this extra single-player experience that gets you a little bit of extra cosmetic, you can do it. But, like, the core content that's expanding the actual, like, game is all free, yeah. you know? So, like, there's no pressure for you to play through the story if you're not interested in exactly. that, you know? So, great. Yeah, so, um, I'm not even going to entertain Peggy's criticism of Splatoon. <laughs> Splatoon is awesome. I mean, awesome. hey... You get to, it's either you entertain my my criticism or we make Sean wait even longer. So just keep that in mind. If you want to be a monster, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't want to hear you talk shit about Splatoon because I like it. So moving right along, we had the biggest announcement of yes. the entire direct and the fucking like. Okay, so let's just get the headline out here. Fucking Super Smash Brothers is coming to the Nintendo Switch. Oh my god. That in and of itself, no matter what comes after that, is a big deal, right? Mm -hmm. And like, no matter what. However, the way they announced it, and some of the stuff that's come out in the fallout of the announcement, has risen hype to all-time high levels here. So, we get this trailer, right? Which, we have the Squid Kids fighting. It's like, what? I was thinking like, they're really they're gonna end with Splatoon 2, like with an expansion to a game that's already like old? That seems weird, right? No, of course not. We get that bomb ass reveal <laughs> of fucking that that scene where she turns her head and then just the Smash logo burning in her eyes with Mario and Link just like fucking looming over them. Just what the <laughs> hell? And then just cut to the screen, mic drop, fucking direct over. Yeah, right? that was the best what? part by literally like what a reveal. You, you have the trailer going, and then you see the eye, you're like, yes. And then you see Mario, you see Breath of the Wild Link, which is yeah. the best part about yep. it. And it's just like yep. characters everywhere. It's like Smash, 2018, Switch. Like just the 2018 announcement sent people into an uproar. And then, yeah, just like you said, as soon as they revealed 2018, they were like, up oh, Nintendo Direct over. <laughs> like they just hard cut. It was awesome. So I think someone good, took a, a note from when they released the last Metroid thing and it was just a still image. And they were like, guys, what if it wasn't just a still image? And it was like 15 seconds. You know? It was like <laughs> just a couple frames more, like a, you know, like a burning sun in your face. You know, yeah. can we set a hype to astronomical levels? I think we can. Um, it's, it's a fucking incredible announcement, man. Uh, I, I got to agree with Pete on this one. The the face that she makes and seeing like the, there's the flames uh, <laughs> uh, cascading across <laughs> her face and, it's 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 beautiful, you know. It's that was great. my phase. Yeah, that was. Yeah. As soon as, as soon as you see that, you know what's up. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude. My my favorite yeah. uh, thing was I, I've mentioned the guy before in the past. Wario sixty four. He's like, uh, you know, a, uh, sometimes source mostly tweets out awesome like deals and stuff for games. Uh, definitely worthwhile to follow him on Twitter. Uh, immediately after it came out, he just posted the gif of her face, and he's like, "Everyone, right now." Yes, <laughs> it became the meme of March instantly. Yeah. It's like, how could it not? Like, oh my god. Um, yeah. So obviously, this is a big fucking deal, and there was no no more announcement uh, to it after that. But it's the internet, so obviously motherfuckers are already digging and we've already found some information we got a little bit of a comment from uh mashashiro mash always mess this up usually say his name masashiro sakurai uh 
So he took to Twitter, right? He he jumped on there and said he's been working on this game for a bit now. So he said, although we're barely at the stage where we've only announced the title, I've been quietly working on it day after day. Uh, please wait until we can reveal its contents or until the time of its release. And that was translated by Silicon Era, so take it with a grain of salt. But uh, sounds like Sakurai has been hard at work. So that's that's huge. And then the other thing that people have pointed out is that the logo is a little bit different this time around. Uh, there is also another little thread here that the uh, copyright information is a bit different than it was for the Switch version of or uh, the, the Wii U 3DS version of the game. So all of that uh, kind of tied together has led people to hypothesize that this might actually be a new Smash. And when you think about the timeline, it's... It seems crazy, but it's not impossible. Uh, you know, something that um, a friend of mine pointed out was that Melee was actually developed in an extremely short timeline compared to every other game in the series. And if they've been quietly working on it for the last couple of years, it's not totally unheard of to think that we might actually be getting a new game. It's hard for me to believe that. <clears throat> uh, Sakurai notoriously uh, is sort of tired of the series. And he's had. That's what he says. <laughs> he I mean he's been saying this for two for two installments, um, right? And he has uh, uh, problems with his hands um, that ha- that really slowed him down during the production of uh, Brawl. And so I'm I really wonder, like, could they really be that far ahead that they could still release a brand new game this year? I just I don't believe it. So, overall, I agree with you. Like, I, I err on the side of this is a update, it's a deluxe game, it's something like that with new content. But I have to say, like, some of that surrounding evidence is flimsy, but when you put it all together, I think it makes a fairly compelling case for at least the possibility, right? Because there is that information I put out. The logo's a little different, this, that, and the other thing. This is also the only, this would be the only uh, Wii U port that they've announced that they didn't say was a port, that they didn't say was a remaster or a deluxe or a this or a that. And that could just be because they wanted to have this cool fire trailer, but that would be an outlier for them because it didn't even come in the press release. The press release just said Super Smash Brothers is coming to Switch, not Super Smash Brothers Deluxe or Super Smash Brothers whatever. It's hard to read anything into any of that because <clears throat> I could just as easily say, well, uh, the copyright changed because it's it's coming to Switch. The logo changed because it's coming to Switch. Uh, yep. They didn't announce anything one way or the other. They just said Super Smash Brothers is coming to Switch. That could mean it's a new game. That could mean it's a port. It doesn't – you read into it what you feel like reading into it at that point. And, sure. uh I just, I'm not ready to accept. Like, the Melee example, they needed Melee to launch with the console. They needed Melee out early for for uh, for the GameCube. Um, this but is... Maybe they feel that way about Switch? This is, Well, it's all, the Switch has already been out for quite some time, and it's doing amazingly. I would argue that the Switch doesn't necessarily need Smash right this minute. Um, That's fair. And so, I'm not... I don't think that they're in a rush to put the game out. And, uh, again, I just feel like Sakurai 
needs time, and I obviously have no idea how long he's been working on it. He says day after day. Don't know what that means. So it's just there's a lot. There's not enough information to really know one way or the other what's happening. So you're leaning more towards the idea of it being some kind of a deluxe edition of Smash Four. Yeah. Or like a 4.5 kind of thing. Yeah. So let me ask you, because you seem excited or you seemed excited about the announcement. How like how, what's your feeling about it? Because when we talked about it a few weeks ago um, and, and we discussed this, you I, I, I felt like you were playing it up a little bit, but you didn't seem like you were excited by that prospect. Yeah. I mean, look, man, when you when you show me a, a trailer like that, you know, it's hot. It's 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 fun. It's exciting. And so I'm, I'm always going to lean into hype in moments like that. But if you're asking me my opinion from a logical perspective, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get myself pumped up and then be disappointed later when sure. what I know about this series leads me to believe that this is not a new game. And if it is a new game, then I'm, I'm over the moon. But if it's not, I'm also not terribly disappointed because I'm coming into it with an understanding that it's likely not the case. Are you excited about that though? Are you excited about it? If it is like, is that would this be the thing, right? No. Like, if it's got the new stuff, you're not going to pick it up. No, no, I'm not going to oh, drop. Damn it! I'm not going to drop new, new, new system money to play a game I've already played. Even if it has a new, I don't care about those Platoon kids. Uh, I, you know, it's gonna. I'm gonna need. I need a new game. But I need what a new game. if? What if yeah. we saw Breath of the Wild Link, right? So what if we see a couple of characters like retooled or something like that? Because there's a lot of things you can do with that Chica Slate. So sure. if it's more of it's the same characters, but some of them are slightly altered to make them have different kits, would that be something that you would be interested in? Uh, Maybe, but that's just so weird, right? Because like, at that point, why don't you just put out a new game? Um, well, well, then like, at that you, point, well, isn't a new game. That's like that's I guess what I'm asking, right? Is like, is there a line somewhere like where it becomes Smash 4.5 instead of Smash 4 Deluxe, where you're like, that's enough? Like they add some new game modes, they add five to ten new characters, they add new maps, they bring all the 3DS stuff over. Like, I actually have. Do you think that like? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no. Actually, there's a better comparison that I could probably use for this since we're kind of going off of this topic. Somebody I saw in a chat, I forget where I saw it, if it was on YouTube or on one of the news sites, said the best comparison for something like this, depending on what they're going to release it as, is think of it as um, the Marvel versus Capcom 3 scenario, where you had your base game of Marvel 3 and everything else that went with it, but then you had Ultimate 3 come out later that year. Now, of course, those are different circumstances, and we understand like what happened with Marvel and all the fiasco that came with it, but based on like what packages came with both games that's probably going to be the best example it's still the core game it's still the core characters with some improvements here and there some game modes the 12 characters and everything else like that i could see smash brothers going that route possibly but also i one of the things that i also noted which is what you said about the copyright that this is going to be more of a how laboratories game more than a bandai namco game when it originally came out because i think they were one of the higher um copyright that were on smash four yeah but how laboratories has taken over this one which makes me kind of see the more along the this is going to probably be something more newer so uh to your point about marvel right um the difference there is that they came out on the same console they came out within the same 
cycle, right? This mm-hmm. is not that case. So if if the new if the new Smash was like Smash four point five and it came out on the Wii U and the Wii U was actually something I cared about playing, then I would buy that because then that's an update to a game that I'm already into, that I'm already invested in, or a game I just want to revisit. But this is a new console, so I'm not yeah. as as inclined to buy an entirely new console for an update to a game. Uh, that's The value's not there for me. Okay. Breaking my heart. <laughs> Personally. Nintendo's breaking my heart. Where's my new Smash? When is Smash? Listen. Smash Brothers. 2018, Sean. No, that's what it is. No, Smash Brothers has two games at Evo. Okay, people care about Smash. Smash has has one of the biggest cult followings in gaming. You can't tell me that there's not a great reason to put out a new Smash game. That's what they should be focused on. And that's if this is four or five, then that's cool and everything. But then that all that means to me is that we're two years out from the new Smash. And that's not yeah. appealing. I don't know, though, dude. I, I really, like... I, I I kind of really think it's the deluxe, but, like, I don't know, dude. Like, you say those things, and you look at the timeline, and it's just like, I don't... Like, it might be. It might be Smash 5. It really might be. And if it is, great. I'm not... I'm obviously not... Like, I'm dying to be wrong. I don't want to be right. Um, <laughs> but if, you know... but. It, that's just what it seems like to me. I think so, we're at a point right now where E3 2018, once we get to the summer, is probably going to be where we're going to get the biggest amount of news in terms of everything we have going on for um, Smash. Because some of the things that are still kind of ways away, gameplay, of course, character lists, um, also control scheme as well, because right. you still have that hardcore fan base that's more into the GameCube controller is the godliest of all controllers. So that yep. is going to be probably the biggest factor for this game is how am I going to play it? Uh, Wii U, we were scared about that until they released the adapters and the new yep. controllers. And we were like, okay, we're fine. Now we're on a Nintendo Switch where portability is king with this console. How are we going to play this game? Are people going to be comfortable playing it in handheld mode, docked with Joy-Cons in their hands? Are they going to use pro controllers? What are they going to do? Like, we don't know yet. I think that's going to be the biggest question mark going into E3. Um, if, their, if their goal is 2018, how are we going to play it? And I think that might trump everything else. I think you're right, because I'll tell you this right now. New Smash means nothing to me without the classic GameCube controller. I, like, I, w- I wouldn't even play it. it it's, it's pointless. Really? Yep. 100%. That's crazy. No, it's not crazy. It, it, it's not the same thing. It's just not. Try playing but, Smash Brothers on the Wii gamepad. It's not the same gameplay experience. Well, I'm not the saying Joy-Cons the are Wii a lot better than the Wii U control scheme ever was. Or it, or the or just the Pro controller. The Pro controller is just a standard controller and it's like what other game what other game like series like requires you to use super antiquated technology you know it's like are we really just gonna like keep making them reprint this one controller for this game for forever yes because that's what works people don't want to play fighting games on xbox traditionally it's better now but traditionally because the the controller sucked and so they didn't want to do it it's the same concept fighting games are different and the control scheme the, the the controller itself matters way more in that space than it does with any other kind of game. Yeah, I and mean, that's fair. 
I just like, I don't know, man. Like I like the switch is capable of doing it, right? It's got the two USBs in the front. You could easily just use the same Wii U adapter that we already have for the GameCube. Um, and it should work. I don't see why that would be a problem. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, obviously I'd like them to keep supporting GameCube controllers, but I, uh, I, I, I wonder if they will. They have to. Just because, I don't know. I mean, like, I think you're right that the core community would definitely want that. Yeah, Smash will no, I, I guarantee you right now, straight facts, Smash would not be played competitively at all if they don't have the GameCube controller. Guaranteed. Yeah. Here's he's why, right, man. He's, here's why I don't think they're going to use the GameCube adapter as well. Um, and I think this is kind of where your concern is coming in. I'm looking at the specs because I have a dock here and I'm looking at the specs of the dock. There, you They only have one USB port um, on the console itself, whereas the game... Are there? I thought there was two. I don't think there are two unless I'm... Hold on. I'm going to pull mine out. Is the USB-C for the charger? I know there's... U- oh, yeah, no. See, there's two on the dock. Yeah, the thing. Okay. Yeah, there's two on the left of the dock. Yeah. Okay, that might be the one I'm missing. But I know with the with the way the adapter works, there's two. I know it uses two USBs. So I'm wondering if you can do if they're going to bring back eight player smash. I don't know if they're going to do that or not. That yeah, that I don't think we'll see again. Okay. I don't. Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't be able to. You know, like if if it. Well, I mean, or you would be able to, but you wouldn't be able to do it with GameCube controllers. Okay. You could have four. You know. All right. I mean, I, I guess, right? Because there's not... Unless they make an adapter that's got eight tabs. <laughs> make it a snake? Hey, that's not it's that's possible. not unusual. Yeah. 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 Like, that's it's certainly possible. Um, So, and, you know, they could always add an adapter adapter. You know, like, you plug it in, and then you can plug in two Franking sets of them. Cables? Like, they could, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Those are po- totally possible things. Yeah. Um, And I think, to Sean's point, like... I think that's, like, what the Smash community is going to expect. Yeah. And, like, they did it for the last game. So, you know, I don't know that it's un, un um, unheard of to think that they would do that. Also, it would open them up to be able to, like, have GameCube remasters and stuff like that. And you can just use the right controller. Like, there's incentives to do that. Um, or a worst-case scenario, bring Smash. back the Wave Bird. Oh. <laughs> the Wave Bird. It is a worst-case scenario. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. the wave bird. Bring one of those back. Yeah, because right now, I think we're at a point right now where your selling point for Smash, outside of the initial hype and excitement, now your selling point is your control scheme. And I think that's kind of calmed my concerns now once we get to E3, and then we'll see where we go from there. Yeah, I mean, I I think that's when we're going to hear about this game next, for sure. Like, it's going to be a big deal at E3, and we'll get the full picture of what we're really looking at here. Yeah. But uh, it's definitely exciting. You know, it's, uh, you know, I think Sean's probably right that the Switch doesn't, like, need Smash right now. I don't think it needs Pokemon right now. But those are, like, that's the two big guns left, you know, in Nintendo's arsenal that are really going to make this thing pop off. And uh, that's exciting. It's exciting to think that one of them is so close and that Pokemon's probably next year. Yeah, I really wouldn't be surprised if, like, they just said, screw it, we're going to put a new Smash out. I hope that's the case. I I missed out on the last generation from the Wii U one, but I honestly don't want that 
for this because like I missed out on the whole thing. I'll play the ports when they come out. I don't want to relive the old Smash if I can get a new Smash because considering you see like Breath of the Wild Link, stuff like that, I, I just, I would like the new system, you know, like I don't want to, f- I already own the Switch, so it's not me even dropping the console money. I just don't want to buy a 4.5 and then next year buy the 5, you know what I mean? Uh, even if they nail the control scheme and everything, like I don't, I don't know, man. Like it's a shame that I didn't get a chance to really play into it and I will miss out on those characters, but like I'm more excited now that I'm into Nintendo stuff again to play with that stuff, you know, like the, the new stuff that's been coming out, like where we're at currently. And yeah, for you know, smash four is great for the two times I played it, but I would much, much rather have smash five. And like, I can't see myself buying anything less than a brand new game for it. You know? And like, that doesn't make sense. Why you've never played because, it. it is a brand new game to you. Yeah. Because <laughs> if I buy it and I get used to it and I like it, I'm not going to say I don't like it. I mean, but I, I get used to the controls and all that. Everything's fine. You know, it's great. But then like, what, like a year later, they're going to bring me a new one. There's no way. Like if there is a new one, it's going to well, be like, it's like years two years away. down the line. And like, then it's just like, then it's just a pain in the ass. Like, I don't want to have to wait that long for a new one. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. I, I'm excited to get to the new Nintendo stuff now. You know, like, while the Switch is great. Like, in the first couple of years, I think it would be better to have a Smash in the first two years of the life cycle than, like, three years in even, you know? It would be unprecedented for them to release, even if it's a remaster or whatever, two Smash games on the same console. Right. They've never yeah. done that. That's and why, so, yeah, yeah. That's why I just don't want this port if it's a port, you know? Like, just, I really want it to just be something new, sink our teeth into it, and just go strong from there, you know? Keep the momentum going that we have for the console. And I don't think putting a port's a bad idea, but just personally, like, I would rather have that, you know? I don't know, man. Like... I think I would rather them just release two on the console, Damn. which would be unprecedented. But You're crazy. <laughs> like Smash Smash Four is really good, and like it has a great roster and a lot of great content that will not make the cut. And like it's a game that so few people got to experience, and that yeah. sucks. Like the Wii U was a shit console with a shit install base, and you know there are somewhere in the neighbor, you know somewhere in the neighborhood of like. Like six million copies of that game sold, or something like that, right? Like it's uh, it's not it's not that much, and um, I think it would obviously do a lot better on the Switch. Um, that being said, I'm not going to be upset if it's Smash Five. Obviously, that would be incredible. My hope is that whatever deal they were able to broker with these uh, third parties, that they were able to do again, or that it was uh, you know Switch proof, which I doubt it, but you know. Um, I want to see those third party third party legacy characters like make their return. The fact that like Smash Bros has Mario, Pac-Man, Mega Man, like, you know, fucking Cloud, uh all those people in one game is really really special. And uh I I don't want to sacrifice that um for a new Smash. But, you know, if that's what it comes to, that's what it comes to. We could have the new Smash on the 3DS. <laughs> It's already on 3DS. Just put it there, and then we'll get the Smash 5 on the Switch. Exactly. We don't need a port. No. <laughs> there you go. Damn it. They're not the same. 3DS ain't dying Smash anytime 5. soon. I mean, put it like this. If they if this is a 4.5 and they make another Smash after this, I think it would be the first time that they release a Smash console, a Smash twice on a console, which they've never done yeah. before. And they've always kind of spread, yeah, they've spread out their cycle as well. Like, yeah. I know between 64 and GameCube, that's an anomaly. But they've always taken their time with it. I just don't see the the need to be something more rabid as we get not Raven Rabbits. 
uh, more rabbit as we get towards like more into the switch cycle. We don't need more smash. I don't think. I think if you release the one and always update it, then you're going to have somebody who's going to own a switch for a long time. I think that's also a, a totally like legitimate point is the idea of them releasing the Smash 4.5 and then just treating it like a game as a service. Yeah, yeah. And that could like, always happen, going yeah. And support it for the entirety of the Switch's life cycle that we will add new stuff, you know? Um, yeah, that would be a good foot in the door, you know? Yeah. If, yeah I mean, that if that's what too. they announce, like, if, you know, E3 definitely will be a better chance to gauge that. But if, if they announce like that, then, yeah, I guess I'm in because that's, that's what we're going to have for the Switch, you know? Yeah. If that's what we're going to get, that's what we're going to get. And that's great. We'll go sure. from there. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's I, I, I think we'll we'll know by E three one way or the other, and I think um, I'll be interested to see if we hear anything about it until then. Yeah, right. I don't I don't think so, but uh, I'm gonna be waiting with bated breath because you know one thing that's always like struck me at least about the last two Smash games that were developed, like after the advent of the internet, was the way that they would like hype you up. You know, like Sean, what was that website they had? It was like Smash whatever where they would put out the new character like every day and like oh here's a new stage here's a new you remember that yeah, i think it was just smashbrothers.com but i used to go there every single day yeah yeah like literally every day yeah. um to just be like what's what are they gonna drop today you know and i i wouldn't be surprised if they did that but i also wouldn't be surprised if they just go fucking dead silent until e3 and then just blow our fucking minds so uh either way though i'm excited all right, so I think that's going to wrap up the conversation here on episode 46. Yeah. 40-something. 40 46 <laughs> of the Video Game Pals. 40 question mark. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if you guys want to let us know what you thought about any of the stuff we discussed today, uh, your hype levels for Smash, or you know what you think it's going to be, uh, let us know in the comments down below, or uh, hit us up at thevideogamepals at gmail.com, or remember that you can hit us up on uh, the Comics Pals they're at the Comics Pals, anywhere your social media is sold. And, um, you know, connect with us. Let us know what you're thinking and, um, you know, what uh, what you're looking forward to most from this Nintendo Direct, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the correct answer is Smash. The Dark only Souls? answer is Smash. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm pretty excited for fucking Mario t- Aces Tennis. Tennis Aces, whatever. Uh, but, yeah, Smash is, Smash is obviously the headline here. So, um, you know, before we bounce out of here, we're going to do some plugs real quick. Ed, yep. thank you so much again for joining Always us. Always good to um, fly in and uh, be a part of this. Oh, yeah, man. You're, you're welcome anytime. Um, we love having you on. So just one more time for uh, for the pals. Let them know where they can find yep. you, where they can find the party. Sure. Uh, me personally, I'm at Eddie Road Dog with two Gs at the end on Instagram and all the social medias. Um, the party nerds are at the party nerds on Instagram and then just party nerds everywhere else. Facebook, Twitch. Uh, Twitter, everywhere else. Nerds has a Z. Yes, I gotta clarify, it does have a Z. Party nerds, one word with a Z. Um, we should be on the air this Tuesday at 645, talking about all kinds of like movie trailer stuff, Black Panther be getting bigger now, so we're gonna have a lot more going into that. Cool, cool, cool. Awesome. So yeah, make sure you guys go check that stuff out, follow Ed, uh, and then now we'll jump in our plugs. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Hey, if you want to talk about Overwatch or the Overwatch League or Overwatch lore, or just, look, if you want to talk Overwatch, you can totally follow me at Mariah W. That's M-O-I-R-A-I-O-W. Uh, we're picking up the Fantasy League recaps and all that jazz starting this week. Uh, so if you're doing the Winston's Lab or really just any uh, Fantasy League for, for OWL, 
uh we will be doing like recaps and all that jazz again the winners not winners that was that that series so uh that'll that'll start up this week again uh and of course you know the usual uh usual recaps for owl a couple of analytic things and and that sort of thing the the fun fact that all you video uh people saw when we were plugging the news which is uh there's been over 19,000 ults used in owl 2018 uh that's going to be part of a that's part of research for an upcoming article so you got a teaser for it congrats but yeah uh if you want to talk overwatch PUBG, or or really just any esport i'm down uh morai ow m-o-i-r-a-i-o-w cool sean so uh if you want to hear more of my takes on things that i'm interested in uh first thing you're going to want to do is hit up the comics pals listen to the comics pals that dropped yesterday the most recent episode did where we are talking about all things black label dc's black label we're also talking about avengers avengers infinity war and them taking over the cover of entertainment weekly this week uh and we're also talking about um gosh what was the main topic <laughs> Uh, we're, oh, uh, we're ta- allowing superheroes. Yeah, we're to talking age. <laughs> about rubber banding and allowing superheroes to grow. And we had two awesome guests join us: Ted Brandt and Rose Stein, who are working on um, Crowded. So check that out. And then, yeah, yeah, to get that interview was fucking awesome. Yeah. And then on Twitter, I am at Sean Soapbox. Awesome, Thompson. You can find me at Relic Vampire on Twitter, and I like to talk about games. Talk to me about games. Nothing specific. Been playing Hearts of Iron. If you're into that, um, I'm the only RTS guy that's really big here, I guess. So you know, hey, let's have our own little corner of RTS. <laughs> cool. And if you want to catch some more content from me, uh, like Sean said, you can catch me on the Comics Pals. You can also catch me hosting our uh, weekly Riverdale Review Show, The Riverdale Review. Uh, we're back this week. Um, fucking fantastic episode. Marco and I had a great time talking about it. Go check that out. Uh, and then if you want to get more content from me, you can check out my writing over at CBR.com where I contribute to their list and news desks. I've got a list out uh, this week about the 10 best and 10 worst superhero video game covers. So that's a fun one. Go check that out. Um, see if your favorites made the list uh, or your least favorites, I suppose. And um, I'm also, like I said, contributing to their news desk now. So if you really want to help me out, you can go click on my little author title at the top of any of my articles, open all the stuff I've been doing lately, and uh, get me some goddamn money (laughs) so I can pay the bills. What a plug. And then, yeah, right? And then finally, uh, check out my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash loudpeat, no underscore, uh, where Thompson and I have been streaming um, mostly Fridays and Saturdays. We just did one last night for Mario Day, so you can go check that out. We did a Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle stream. Uh, there will be more streams to come. So go uh, follow me and help me become a Twitch affiliate. And then I'm uh, at loud underscore Pete on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to talk to me about any of the stuff we talked about today, your Smash Bros hype, uh, you want to check out cute pictures of my cat, any of that stuff, go do it. And with that, we are the Video Game Pals signing off. See you. Bye. Bye. Peace.